All right. Do you want to get started, Kay? Let's first see if Adam is recording. Yes, I'm recording. I'm good. All right. Hey, Adam. Hello. I got I got backups on top of backups. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. All right. All right. But I think we should introduce Adam. All right. The world-famous Adam. You mean people don't know who he is? Yeah. Kai, do you want to <laughs> do an introduction? No, no, you can go for it. I, I like how I, you guys are both realizing at the same time that neither one of you uh, knows what to say about me. <laughs> Um, anyway, so Zach, Zach has a, a short recording time today because um, Australian sports, whatever. Um, so he has to leave early. And we also thought because Apple Arcade is, is, uh, is out now and we didn't have a chance to actually talk about the games, um, that we, we kind of combined those two coincidences um, and sending Zach off to this game early and instead invite Adam to talk about some Apple Arcade games with us. So Adam is also a uh, software developer working on awesome software that part of that I think we already picked. So Flow and what other time page? What else have you worked on, Adam? <laughs> uh, I work on the uh, Moleskin branded suite of apps. And uh, yes, time page, our calendar app, Actions is a to-do list app, and Flow is a drawing app. Mm. And they're awesome. And they're yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you were about to say? <laughs> <laughs> Available on an iOS platform near you. Yeah. <laughs> and with nice uh, Apple Design Award badges next to them. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. And before that, I don't know, for how... Basically forever uh, on independent uh, iOS apps before that as well. Yes, yes. I've done... I started off as an independent developer working on my own apps and then did a lot of freelance stuff working on uh, boring apps for other companies. <laughs> and now I hope no one I'm of those working... boring apps is listening to this episode. <laughs> uh, sorry, whoever's listening. <laughs> um, and yeah, now working uh, on the Moleskine apps uh, uh, with a great team working on great apps. So it's uh, kind of come full circle. Mm. So uh, a worthy first and probably only guest, realistically. Um so that's good. What, 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 wait, what? Why yes. is he the only guest? Is this not going to end well? Why do I didn't <laughs> think this will become a show where we invite guests. Oh, no. Never know. Never know. Well, look, if Craig Federici wants to come on, it's fine. Well, uh, we can talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I, I might fine. ruin it for everyone in the future, <laughs> is what you're saying. Speaking of, I, I realized we had uh, three consecutive months of listener growth. We're now at, um, I think as of today, we're over... 800 for the month which is uh pretty i'm i'm pretty happy with that and thanks everyone for listening i guess yeah i'm always slightly worried when i add up the hours that people waste <laughs> to us yeah we we're like there is over a thousand hours of listening time now per month so yeah i don't know if we're worth it but i don't know if malin you should be in charge of your uh marketing for your <laughs> podcast with like over a thousand hours wasted. Are we worth it? <laughs> that's our slogan, right? Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you have to listen to find out. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no. I also really, really appreciate everyone who's um, always listening to the episodes, and um, seems like we have some new people. So, welcome. I hope we're. I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, we're very happy to hear that people are listening. So, and if growth so, stops now, we know who to blame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it took me a while to figure out you're talking about me. Yeah, yeah. Well, he could have spoken about me. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, so, uh, we have... I have some follow-up. I don't... I think you also have some follow-up, Kai. But Sure. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, I remember us talking last week about potentially being able to change watch bands this year. Mm-hmm. I tried it. It's possible. <laughs> um, so I was able to change my watch band on my Series Woo! 4. Yeah. And so I didn't good. even have to return the watch or anything. Mm. Yeah. Super smooth pro- process. Was this after you'd opened it and everything? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice. So it, Apple, yeah. you can just now, if you if you buy Series Five and you you get the watch band you get with, you don't like it, you can go back to the Apple Store and say you would like to swap it for another one. Mm. And Marlon even and tried the other ones on uh, in the store and then did the uh, exchange right there. Yeah, and they even said that if I wanted something that is more expensive than the one I paid for originally, I could just add the extra amount on top of that. And yeah, just so they just take the, the regular nice. retail price off the new price. That's pretty cool. Sweet. Mm. I wonder if eventually we get to a stage where you can buy a watch without a band. I mean, maybe would encourage upgrades if you were a person that had a lot of bands and you could get a watch for ninety dollars cheaper. $80 I was cheaper, kind of wondering about that because they said like they would let you swap. I was wondering if they would let you also return it instead. Yeah, get you get your seventy nine dollars back. <laughs> mm. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't think they would. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. But. Well, you have to be careful. They'll steal your idea, but they'll they'll sell the base model with no band at the same price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, damn it. Got to cut this part <laughs> out. This is too dangerous. Yeah. Um, it's like the $1,000 monitor stand. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we also have some... Yeah, so I, I got my phone, and I thought this time, hey, everything seems all right. I don't have to uh, get it swapped. Turns out my phone had a weird cut on the back, in the back glass. And uh, I noticed... Notice that basically on the first day I had it. Um, and I thought, maybe I can live with it. But then, you know, how did really? you Really? You thought you could live with that? I was trying to convince myself to not care, but that didn't work out too, too well. The only thing I could see on that phone was a big scratch. I barely saw the screen. Basically. This Okay, to be clear, everyone, this was on the back of the phone. So I don't know how he's holding it. <laughs> uh, but you know how it is, right? As soon as you see <laughs> know, something, you're like you, you can't see anything but that. Yeah. Um, and then also replacing the back glass, because it, it's, it bothered me uh, more every day. Replacing the back glass is really, really expensive. It's essentially buying a new phone. Mm-hmm. So I went, uh, at first I called the Apple, uh, Apple um, Care hotline uh, and they were very particular about all, all the things. I think they thought I, I somehow damaged my phone and wanted to uh, get it replaced. Um, How long were you? You were online for like hours, weren't you? Yeah, it was, it was an hour and a half phone call. Um, and the end result of that was just go to a store and they figured it out. I was like, uh but they were sold out everywhere. So I pre-ordered or reserved one in the morning, went to a store, and that person didn't care at all. <laughs> it's like, here, there's a scratch on the phone. It's like, all right, whatever. What phone do you want or do you want a refund? I was like, well, I take another one. And then they got me another phone. So now I'm on my second iPhone 11 Pro. <laughs> How's that one going? Do you, do you enjoy <laughs> this one? And I have OLED problems again. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Yeah, my, my display is incredibly green. Green and dull. Um, so that was fun. Uh, and a little bit blurry. Which is a bit, uh, I, I, I first thought, all right, maybe Apple just, I don't know, different, different white balance on those phones. So I compared it to Marlin's. Marlin's screen is really nice and normal and mine is green and all. Then I compared it to the display models in the Apple store. I looked at six of them, um, and they all, all but one looked significantly better than mine. The other one looked less dull, but uh, more green. So I think I'll get it swapped again. Is it okay. is it so extreme that... I mean, I'm just curious. 
if you just showed it to a random person, is it does it scream out? There's something wrong with this screen. Um, or all right, uh, it depends on who that random person is. If you're that random person, you would probably say, "Ooh, something weird going on with your screen." Um, if you would pick a random person off the street, they would probably say, uh, <laughs> "Why do you make me look at your screen? What's going on here?" Um, but if you would show a random person on the street Marlin's phone next to my phone at the same brightness, all the settings the same, they would say, "Yeah, this one is uh, weird, and this the other one is nice." It feels like almost that if, like, even if you just look at the brightness levels, mine at fifty percent is where Marlin's is at about twenty five percent. Yeah, yeah. I was just trying to get a sense for whether this sounded like something that's just with like some screens have different looks or whether this is more of a problem like this screen there's something wrong with it i'm I'm not sure i think most people if they would get that phone would be happy with it but considering that it's significantly worse compared to my uh, 10s from last year and marlin's phone i'm just also constantly seeing the contrast and knowing that i paid almost two thousand dollars for a phone with a clearly the lowest probably the lowest uh, bar that still made the um, the uh, quality threshold in production for Apple. Uh, it just uh, someone else will be probably very happy with that screen, but I'm I'm going through another round of. of it, it could be that it's it's failing. You know, I my first uh, my iPhone 10 after 12 hours got half of the screen got a very very washed out green look, but it was very noticeable. Um, and it, 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 I mean, it's the kind of thing because it was only half of the screen because it was very washed out. It was, it was clearly the screen had just gone bad. Um, but because you mentioned a green faded look, it kind of seems similar. So I, it might be still some form of failure state or potential failure state, I guess. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll get swapped and see. Um, Good. If, if the previous uh, replacement uh, experience is anything to go by, it will be probably very easy. Um, and then we'll see. Well, you're within the two-week return window anyway, so I don't imagine you have too much trouble. Yeah, it's just uh, OLED. OLED uh, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not a big fan of OLEDs in the first place, but that lottery really makes it worse for me because I feel like the variance in the OLED screens is way bigger than on the LCD screens. Like even the the 11, like the iPhone 11 in the store, all the screens are a lot closer to each other compared to the OLEDs. The OLEDs have quite the range. If you could buy an um, iPhone 11 Pro with OLED screen instead of a, um, no, sorry, with an LCD screen instead of a OLED screen, would you go for that? <sighs> It's hard. I I haven't used LCD screens. I mean, in, in a store environment, I think the LCDs are nicer because mm-hmm. stores are bright places. Mm-hmm. And I think for bright environments, I, I do prefer LCDs, but OLEDs are definitely comfort- more d- comfortable in darker environments just because you, black means the screen is off, right? Yeah. So it's it's hard yeah. to tell from a store environment. I would actually have to... to but try. I mean, you had LCD displays I know. before. Like, I, I know. Like all the previous models. I, I take a really good OLED over an LCD. Okay. I, I take you a, just have to return it 10 times. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, we'll see. So dad's, dad's got an 11 and I picked that up the other day and obviously LCD screen, but it was, it was noticeable how uh, the screen isn't quite as close to the glass as on the OLED. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought oh, that, yeah, was, that was like true. the thing that stuck out immediately. It wasn't the colors. It wasn't anything like that. It just kind of felt like uh, in comparison like the the screen is a lot closer to my finger on 
the mm-hmm. iPhone 11 yeah, Pro. Yeah. It's like, that's something that I actually kind of like. And obviously, didn't have that for many years. But now it's like, I, I, I like that upgrade. And I probably wouldn't want to go back to an LCD mm-hmm. screen for that reason. But yeah. 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 We'll see. Um, probably no one cares but me. But uh, <laughs> probably. Is, is, probably. Does this stay? I mean, it's it's a pretty good problem to have overall that your fancy two thousand dollar phone you have to replace a few times until your super picky self is happy with the super fancy OLED screen on it. But that's that's the that's the a nightmare in my you life. have to live in. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> um, Could return it, use your XS for a while, and then buy next year's phone. I mean, uh, realistically, I I now accepted that I will buy a new phone every year. I will buy a new watch. I will buy a new phone every single year. If and I you didn't stop decide doing this that, last year or the year before or the year before? The years before, I always told myself <laughs> I should not. But realistically, then I, I, I now concluded there are not a lot of things that we spend money on. Like it's, it's like our cost of living is relatively low. Yeah. We don't have a lot of things that we like expensive things we care about. Like there are a lot of other. Well, we things. care a lot about a lot of things. Like, yeah, yeah, but most we, things we are just not- replaced our kitchen paper holder because it was just <laughs> irritating us way too much but that's the thing right they're not uh, like kitchen paper holder was like a 30 dollar thing and it's it's nicer than the old one but it's not an expensive thing and it will now last for for uh tens of years um and overall we buy we do buy quality things but there's not like we're not into fancy uh uh like designer clothing or or bags or wallets well, or I would describe it as everything you buy has a purpose. Yeah, they're more like definitely functional you, items you rather than luxury. The, yeah. You 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 make the most of the quality like you're buying things that are going to last longer or perform better or whatever. You're not buying clothes that are five times the price but are probably going to, you know, uh break yeah. in the same amount of time yeah like so i i just thing. concluded now i will buy a new phone every year because it's something i care about i can still sell my old one or if there's a major form factor change might keep one for testing but i i just accept now that i'll my default is i buy one every year if <laughs> uh if you listen to this uh in a year and i haven't bought the iphone uh <laughs> 12 or 11s whatever they're calling it uh please hit the uh support uh cup of tech button in in your podcast player of choice because that means we have financial problems do you keep your previous phones or or sell them or trade them in uh i usually i used to always sell them um north america is not as uh, craigslist is not the nicest online sales platform uh <laughs> So I, I, I didn't do that yet, but we'll, as soon as the entire exchange thing with my phone is over, I will sell the old phones. Just because there was not, like, there's nothing that I would need the 10s for that the 11 Pro wouldn't do. Like, same form factor, yep. same screen, same, like, like, there's not, not really anything I'm, I would reasonably go back to the 10s for. Um, if there would be, a bigger form factor change and i think there's actually a reason to keep an old one for for testing then i would potentially keep it yeah yeah but in terms of trade-in i found that you can usually get a fair bit more value like you can actually resell it for more than if you do the trade-in i think trade-in seems really convenient but if you want to like try going the craigslist route which we're probably which we're going to do this year it's like you usually get more so we figure we're going to try that this year um, if that's like a pain and everyone is sketchy who's contacting us, maybe we maybe we do something else next year. But but it's also if you look at it, like Apple gives you about half what Craigslist would give you. Yeah, yeah. Apple's trading values are pretty poor. I did, 
I was in an Apple store again this week and I <laughs> happened to ask what the trade-in value for my Series 4 watch would be. And it was only $120. And I was offered $350 privately. I'm not going to sell it, but I was just just a comparison. Um, and about $350 would probably be reasonable considering it was $800 um, a year ago. But yeah, like that's the kind of ratio you're getting you're just you're paying for convenience or yeah you are paying for convenience you're losing that money um when you trade in with apple this is this is the first year i'm trading in my old phone and i am doing the trading with apple so what did you do Uh, before did you tend to keep them i always i always kept them because uh as a developer (laughs) (laughs) well maybe i'm just fooling myself but you always tell yourself and we all need (laughs) yeah i need to keep a relatively modern device for me to test with older versions of operating systems or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, I started this back when there was only one model phone that would come out each year. And so it was easy just to say, I have every single one. Yep. Now it seems kind of silly because <laughs> yeah. there's three sizes and I'm, you know, you're not going to have every single model, uh, no matter what. But uh, but but this year I'm, I'm trading it in mainly because uh, last year was the first year my wife and I both got new phones. And so there's no reason for us to have two iPhone mm-hmm. 10 mm-hmm. identical models uh, for testing. So one of them is going to get traded in. I just have to decide which one has the fewest number of scratches or <laughs> s- scuffs. But also I think realistically the simulator is getting better uh for for most of the things i mean most of the things that are different in the devices is screen related and i feel like the simulator is pretty good with that now a lot better than was i don't know five six years ago yeah yeah definitely definitely the the best thing for keeping an old device i found is for things like testing things that don't work on the simulator like certain types mm-hmm. like in-app purchases and 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 things and subscriptions especially things where you need to uh, possibly reset your device to mm-hmm. a pristine state yeah. in order yeah. to do a real uh, testing from scratch, something that you can't do with your own phone, mainly because you don't want to make purchases on it or you don't want to reset it. So it, it, maybe it's still a bit of a stretch, but uh, I, that's how I convince myself. <laughs> no, no. I, I, my I my solution there is iPod Touches, but that's probably also because I'm cheap yeah. and would rather sell my old phones. Um, that seems to work okay. <laughs> my workaround so, is not use uh, inner purchases in my apps. Yeah. <laughs> that too. <laughs> but that's also why I don't make any money with it. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think if the alternative would be like keeping the phone, uh, I would definitely just trade it in. But I would try out Craigslist mm. this year. See yeah. if I survive. But speaking of iPhone 11 Pros and iPhone 11s, uh, did either of you try the... Uh, uh, with 13.1, we got the airdrop that is enhanced with the U1 chip. Have you, either of you tried that? Nope. No? This is so exciting of a feature. I've seen one other iPhone 11 Pro in the but wild. Don't you have to, not someone I know. Don't you have an 11 Pro and, and an 11 in, the, in your household? Oh, we do too. <sighs> excuses, I forgot about that. Excuses. <laughs> ah. Well, this changes everything. Now I should try it. <laughs> right. Uh, How is it? So though? we obviously tried it directly after yeah. updating to 13.1. Yeah. And it is okay. <laughs> it's not just okay. It is, it it's is, good. It's it is, good. All right. There, it's, not, it's not like, whoa, my mind is blown. But it's good. The, the UI is a bit confusing, I think. So the way it looks is you bring up the um, airdrop sheet and you have a circle with an arrow, like an arrow that points forward on it. No, and, it's not an error. Yeah. What? 
I gotta check this out. Yeah. Um, and then there's kind of like a circle, which kind of is like, I don't know, like basically looks like a dial kind of interface and it does circle around the arrow move around as you turn around your, uh, with your device in your hand. Um, and I mean, I, I knew what I was looking for. So I kind of had an idea of, of what this might do. So I should point the phone at the person I want to airdrop to. But I wonder how many people will get that if they don't know that that's a feature their phones have. Because it doesn't explain anything. There's no text explaining what this area is supposed to do. There's no indication that you should point it at someone. I mean, most people were trained for the last X years to airdrop by just waiting for people to randomly show and up. That, that's the weird thing, too. The people show up as well. So it's not like you have to wait for the arrow to first... Like you, you don't have to find people. You don't have to detect them. So basically what it is is that you have the arrow at the top and then you see all the people around anyways, but the strength would be better if you pointed at that person. Mm. But it's... Yeah, you're right. It's it's not clear. The mm. feature itself works pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty well, though. So I will, I will... And from a user experience perspective, I've just tried it now... I can only get the circular moving dots interface thing to show if I move the phone. So if I'm if I'm perfectly still and I open the airdrop sheet, nothing shows. So there's no indication of how to use that feature. I have to physically turn the phone a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and there's nothing like odd. if you tap that area, there's nothing that brings up any any kind of help or or explanation. Um, but if you know what you're looking for, it's kind of cool because then you start moving, and as soon as my phone faced Marlin's phone. Uh, you get haptic feedback and Mullen's face appeared in the middle of the circle. So that was kind of cool because, uh, I mean, if you're in an, like, <laughs> I mean, for WWDC it will be great because it will be a, a room with hundreds of uh, airdrop devices. And if you can just point at a person that oh. you actually... I wonder how well that's going to work. I would love, I'm looking forward to trying that. I know. Like, that I think WWDC is a great place to test that at because you will have a queue with all the people and everyone's sort of like clumped together. Hmm. I wonder how it detects like people on different distances from you because you will see everyone in one direction, but they might stand behind one another. Mm. That's yeah. a good good question. But it's it's it was super accurate and it's kind of cool to see that um, that just based on two devices... Uh, you had such a good uh, directional information about where where the other phone is because usually with things like triangulation you need multiple points right to then uh, get a get a good idea of where something is but with the u1 and the phase shift that they're analyzing um, you just need two devices and you can pretty accurately pinpoint where that device is uh, from from your other device so I think that is quite promising for yeah. for ARKit and yeah. the Apple tags that we'll see at some point. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they, they didn't put this ship in just for the sake of airdrop. I feel like there's something else ca- that's going to happen. And we've been speculating around this and it definitely makes sense for this to just be used for more accurate um, like readings in general. Mm. So uh, my, I have my fingers crossed again for AR glasses announcement in, in spring next year. Speaking of AR glasses, mm. is this a good segue? Sure. Yeah. As good is as this any. how segways work? Um, <laughs> did you guys see the Facebook? No, sorry, the Oculus announcement. Well, week. it's kind of Facebook Oculus. It's sort of Facebook. I didn't want to say Facebook. <laughs> it, see, did you see the Oculus announcement? No. No. Nope. Zach. <laughs> what did you think Zach might have watched an Oculus announcement? Might come across. <laughs> um, you yeah, know, so, I've barely uh, been keeping up with Apple tech news lately, <laughs> let alone. <laughs> 
Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Oculus, basically uh, a VR company that Facebook acquired a few years ago, um, they now went on the record of saying that they are working on AR glasses and that they think that's the future of computing. So that was good. Uh, they didn't say anything about what that hardware would look like or how it will work. They just said, we're now working on it and that they have prototypes that are kind of cool and that there will be more about that. But I thought that's kind of what I expected Apple to do. I didn't expect Apple to show the product, but I expected them to say, look, we're working on it because that would have driven a lot of AR kit adoption, I believe. Yeah, people and I know think what they're working towards. The downside for like Apple as a platform is that Facebook is already ahead on this because they have the Oculus Rift in general or Oculus in general. So people will at least be experienced with um, aug- um, augmented direct. No, sorry, with um, artificial reality. <laughs> what do you call <laughs> virtual it? Virtual reality. Virtual reality. <laughs> so people will already be familiar with developing for that. So they're sort of having a head start. I don't know. I don't know. AR, VR, very different different type of technology but wouldn't um, the placing of objects be very similar yeah but one places the object in an environment you completely create yourself while the other one is placing objects in an in an environment that the user defines by where they are physically placed you know the entire point of vr is that you're not in your actual environment anymore yeah but they still use the cameras in the ar uh, in the vr headset to determine like sizes and uh, like sure distances. yeah like position positioning is yeah. definitely something that they have and um they also announced uh finger tracking so they use cameras for accurate finger tracking so you can interact with like this was an announcement for vr so you can actually use your your actual human hands. Your human uh, hands. I know. Yeah. I mean, or if you have any other hands, uh, that might also work, um, to to interact with objects. So if you want to pick up something in, in VR, you can use your hands to pick it up. I mean, you still don't have haptic feedback, which might be weird if you're, I don't know, you pick up the, the standard tech demo is you pick up like a uh, like a ball or, or like a cube or something, but you do, wouldn't get any physical feedback, right, from holding on to it. So it might feel weird. But at least having the ability to track fingers, I think, will allow a lot of uh, interesting UI um, interaction methods. Yeah, so that's, I think that's interesting. And I really hope Apple, Apple announces something. What, what do you think, you, you were talking about the app, Apple, that you thought Apple should make a similar announcement. What, I'm reading over the Oculus kind of announcement now. What do you think Oculus is getting out of announcing essentially nothing right now other than we're working on it. I mean, I, I'm trying to imagine what what the advantage is of them making this announcement now or what's, what good it does, I guess. I, I think for them, it's, it's multiple things. Um, those kind of things are always partially um, recruitment. Like actually saying that they're working on those things will traditionally drive up their their interest in their company to work there because people that care about ar go to places where they know people work on ar um and this was also at a developer conference so it will also uh increase awareness of developers because i mean most of those developers were very early in in the vr days so the crowd they had in front of them was a crowd that was very uh interested in early adopterism of of uh those kind of technologies so it's also a good crowd to just get thinking about ar as a as a part of of their their future because i mean games right games are not really developed in 
in in three months into a world's games are usually developed for a, a long term so if um like three four five depending on the scale of the game so having people think about that earlier will probably be necessary to get uh products for for those platforms because i mean if they want products to be ready they probably need people to approach them soon to start developing on those prototypes because otherwise you don't want to launch AR glasses that have zero software. Yes, I think so. To tie that back to Apple, it feels like Apple has been pushing AR kit unnecessarily much considering the platform. Because I feel like AR kit is something they're putting so much focus on when it comes to tooling and all those things. But it doesn't feel like there's a device there yet for developers to be excited to pick this technology up. Sure, it's like excited to play with it, but all ideas that would be great for AR are not actually good like the, the the phone is not a good device for that so i think if apple would actually say hey we are going to release glasses something or we, we not even release like just say we're working on glasses uh, i think more people would maybe be excited to actually get more skills in ar kit and learn more about ar and oculus and facebook probably also want to position themselves as the leaders of that um computing type I think they kind of like to be because during the presentation they pushed so many times that uh, they were always ahead of of um, the rest of the industry and how they kind of uh, established VR and that VR is finally here for the masses um, and how early they were. So I think they they also like their part of their branding being early with new technologies and tying that in with Facebook and where Facebook will go and where computing will go i think they kind of like to not just be a social uh social network that gets i mean less and less favorable uh opinions to to like actually build something that might be uh more pushing computing ahead again yeah yeah maybe maybe i'm i'm still a little skeptical but i i understand your point that's that's I mean, that, I think that is, that is probably a good, good thing to be skeptical towards any Facebook announcement or realistically any company's announcement. Um, but I'm, 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 I'm happy to see uh, some, some companies that have... I mean, they definitely have a lot of talent in, in, at Oculus. They have a lot of the tools that I think would help, like the, what Marlon mentioned, the indoor... Um, uh, like positioning the based on cameras the uh the kind of network and connectivity aspect they definitely have good server farms they they would have uh a lot of i mean facebook would probably push a lot of social interaction through ar um i think they're in a one of the probably five to six companies that could be a real contender in that market and I mean, in general, competition is good in that, right? I, I wouldn't want only Facebook to enter the market. I think that would be uh, not ideal. But if um, <laughs> Facebook is going there and Apple's going there and we have competition in AR glasses, I mean, that will make it better for everyone. Yep. Hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's very interesting how this is all going to play out because I think it's still, I think, hard for, at least hard for me, hard for us, hard for anyone to to really know all the use cases for AR glasses and kind of what what the, I guess, default experience of using them is going to be like. Mm. Uh, it, it seems like, at least I haven't seen any demonstrations that seem, that make me think, oh, I can totally see 
the next 10 years of where it's yeah. headed, you know? I think, I mean, like, simple first steps are things that are already quite... Um, like, the some of the main applications for VR is just watching content with other people. Like, there are, for example, mm-hmm. um, SpaceX, they're now streaming their, their launches in, 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 in VR. So you can be in a room with, like, 20 other people uh, all watching, like, a launch together without, and you're in a room with 20 people who also care. Uh, and that's it. It might not necessarily be the most obvious use of, of like it's it's quite a lot of technology to watch like a flat screen with with a lot of people. So it's still a flat screen. It's not like a no. The the actual launch isn't in in three D. Okay, but so you're just, basically sitting in that theater. It, yeah, okay. but it, the idea yeah. is to to have like have it, it feels so much more engaging when you're when it feels like you're in a room with other people who care about the thing you care about. Which is often hard, even for us, right? We're we're recording a podcast together. We're on uh, different continents, or even when we're on the same continent, we're on complete opposite <laughs> end, opposite ends of the continent. And it's it's nice that we can talk to each other, and but it definitely doesn't feel like we're we're in a room together. It very much feels like we're talking on some kind of application through microphones with each other. And VR in those kind of environments, it feels a lot more. Um, I mean, I I, tr- I tried some of those out, and it it feels almost like you you're almost shy at first because you're in this space in this random space where there are people walking up to you and talking to you, and it feels almost more like uh, <laughs> it feels more real because it's it touches a lot more of your senses and it's yeah. it's stereoscopic. You you move your head, all the sound is, is is it just feels way more engaging despite the graphics in that particular case being basically uh, uh 3D stick figures. It wasn't the graphics that really made the difference. It's more about it feels more engaging when it fills your entire field of view and you're in, you're more more immersed in that experience and felt a lot more like real human interaction despite still just being through technology um and stuff like that could be interesting um as a as one of the many features for ar that you can just i don't know you want to watch a a game like i don't know sports game together and you just have someone sitting next to you and you might only see them briefly when you look to your to your side but then you have a person there or you watch a movie together and it helps you keeping those movies in sync and you can talk to each other while the movie is going on those kind of things i think can have quite the quite a interesting social impact especially as our world is more like friendships and families are being spread farther apart on on our planet Uh, i think those kind of things are interesting um and it's just one of many things i mean uh, yeah i think in theory this sounds really good but i am not really. Sh- I'm. I'm not sure with the current Oculus headsets if people are actually gonna. I, I don't really feel like people who are not interested in the technology will own those devices in the first place. And I don't know how many people will sit down and watch that. I think it's more people who are interested in this sort of niche product. But I'm not sure if it's the type of like that. It's quite a big device, and it's a little bit uncomfortable to wear that for too long. So I'm not sure if people will use it that much as they would like you to but i think the interesting thing is that despite the discomfort people decide to watch it that way and it's not no longer only isn't it more like a novelty though do you think people actually continuously do that i mean oculus said for the vr headset and i think the ar one will be way more comfortable and way less um 
I mean, it will yeah, take you out AR of your your world less, right? Yeah. Um, and I mean, but for for the Oculus Quest, their latest standalone VR headset, uh, Facebook is saying they sell as many as they can make, which is I, I don't know, maybe they can only make two, um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's at least showing that there is more demand than they they expected, right? Because otherwise, they would have made four. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, and and I think VR is way more niche than AR could be. And I mean, we yeah. we watched the Apple keynote together, right? I mean, Zach was sleeping, um, <laughs> but the other three of us. Um, if if we could have watched that, um, and I mean, we had a lot of issues trying getting FaceTime uh, <laughs> connected. Um, so maybe it's just as bad with AR glasses. But in theory, if we could have had an experience where we could see each other better in this yeah. environment, that would have been. A nicer yeah, experience. Cool. I I would have opted for that over over FaceTime on an iPad. I was yeah. standing in front of us. On but a then table. I think you need something like AR because you also want to have people around you. That's so, right. Um, but that's that what I'm really saying. Good. Right. Yeah. That AR is going to be where you not necessarily like at the moment. VR is you're alone in your space, and you add other people that are also alone in their spaces. Yeah. Well, I think AR can change that from you're in a space with people. Uh, being in, together with other people that are maybe not alone in their spaces. And I think that makes it a lot more socially acceptable and also more interesting because it becomes more universal. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really interesting. It is. I have no doubt it's going to be a, a huge, huge change. Uh, it's just not quite clear exactly what kind of change. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why it's interesting, right? If the more more companies yeah. with resources we have behind that, because there will be a lot of new input patterns, right? I mean, before we had the iPhone, <laughs> I mean, and now it, it seems so obvious, right? Like that you just interact with the pixels on your screen directly with your finger. <laughs> and like the first time you saw a uh, pinch to zoom, it was like everyone was stunned. But it seems yeah, so obvious now. Yeah, I think it was like three times or something. Yeah. Or like slide to unlock, right? People were cheering yeah. about slide to unlock just because you moved a stupid like 40 by 40 <laughs> box over the screen. But it, it seemed so obvious in, in retrospect. And I hope that we'll see some of that in AR. And the more uh, smart people with resources we have working on that, the higher the probability that we see those kind of very intuitive um, usage uh and input methods on those on those uh, devices. Yep. Mm. Yep. Cool. All right. Sorry, Zach. He's asleep. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> your your favorite <laughs> topics uh, all all being covered today. Uh, um, games and AR. <laughs> I know. Which I feel like go hand in hand. <laughs> and then but. we can talk. Yeah, well, we can talk about games in AR. <laughs> yeah. This is sure. <laughs> do that in fifteen minutes when I'm gone. <laughs> so what do you want to talk about? Like? Did you write ad blockers in the? I don't show know. We have stuff on this. We have stuff on this. What, what's this? Uh, Force touch no more. Did you, yeah. Do we want to talk about this? No. Are you sad about yeah, this? I'm mom? just really sad. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm most annoyed. About? No, I'm annoyed a lot. No, I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty annoyed about this. Yeah, um, yeah. I found it really difficult to just move my apps from one page to another. Yeah, am mm -hmm. I the one that was struggling with no, this? No, you're not. Because every time I have first have to go through the um, shortcuts on the app icon, or is there a way to bypass this? I have to tap, and then uh, you're right. It first you're goes right. to the like. Uh, yeah, it. Yeah, I don't like it. This is um. This is the same though on. 
force t- on devices with force touch they just changed that interaction entirely i guess it, w- it was very okay. difficult to distinguish between whether you wanted to move an app or force touch the app icon it's it's weird so i think now they've just I thrown don't... it all in the one menu yeah but, but i feel like i move icons <laughs> move apps hey, Maybe hey, that's Ma- hey Malin, here here's a tip that's going to change your life all right uh tap and hold on the icon and then just start dragging it before the little menu even comes up really once it whoa. starts wiggling. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's amazing. <laughs> whoa, yeah, yeah. Wait, Life changing. Yeah, this is good. Thanks, Adam. When the menu's there, just start dragging. Yeah, you're welcome. That's so good. Okay. Well, That's much easier. Try it again. So tap, tap, hold, drag. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's better. What about that's throughout better. the rest of the system? Do you mind not having yeah. a 3D touch? Yeah, I do. I also want yeah. the. <laughs> I also want my keyboards um, highlighting yeah. back again. Yeah. When I can mm-hmm. highlight text fields, that was pretty nice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I dislike? <laughs> 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 no, but I'm also. Um, I feel like it takes really long for me to go to a camera. I just started yes. using the swipe to the side instead. But yeah, I same. That. I saw a tweet about that. I didn't know it was possible. So you can but. you can swipe from right to left, right? But for some reason, that gesture recognizer is not working well for me. I don't know if I'm not uh, swiping okay. far enough, but I always only open the camera halfway and it bounces back. Yeah, because the phone screen is so wide that you've got to like move your thumb its full extension it, it, before you can like get to the camera. I just feel like it doesn't account for the velocity of, of my movement. It, it seems mm. to have some kind of threshold that I do not You're just to moving too fast. <laughs> it's too, pa- too fast. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just want to say that I'm still not used to it and I will probably, I'll probably get over it. <laughs> realistically um uh, yeah no I, I get it it's annoying <laughs> it was a cool feature yeah but, but i don't but think many people the battery used life is so good on this phone that i think i i think i'm okay with the trade-off because it supposedly bought a little bit of extra room back in the screen mm-hmm. or in the phone yeah um uh, yeah uh, yeah and i mean <laughs> apple also released uh 13.1.1 uh, in this oh, yeah. uh, madness of new updates every other day, I would love to just paint. Have have a. I've, I was thinking of making a big graph of all the different release dates. Y- but it's, yeah, it's. <laughs> then I figure that takes too long, and it also gonna, changes too frequently. It does, it's yeah. like a full time job, but apparently that should improve battery life. So that will be. Yeah, there was something about know. that in the release mm-hmm. notes, but I hadn't had any drain issues. But hey, I mean, I'll take more battery if it's there. Actually, speaking of, how's your watch battery? Because I've seen way <laughs> more tweets so about many people bad watch about battery. Um, it seems to be only affecting the um, LTE watches, from what I've that seems, gathered. Yes, that seems to be the case. Oh, okay. Um, I know it's not exclusive. I know there are some people with the non-cellular ones. I, I have a friend with a non-cellular non-cellular forty millimeter, and she's getting about twelve hours um, mm. with the screen on, which is disappointing. Huh. Um, now but, I'm wondering. Yeah. So it's seven thirty p.m. here, and I'm at seventy four percent, and that includes two workouts today. Pretty good. So I only have twenty three percent battery, but I wear it while sleeping, and I think I started out with seventy seven percent. So for being the forty-four yeah. millimeter, that's pretty normal. The forty, sorry, the forty millimeter. That's pretty normal. Yeah, that's me. pretty. That's okay then. I, I am wondering, do you guys think it makes sense for me to have an experiment when I wear both of them one day, and then just compare it? Could this be a fun thing, or would that just be looking weird? Maybe I should try that. It could be a fun thing. It could be a fun. You'd thing. probably have to pair it to your phone so that it's doing the same thing and showing you the same notifications well, and all of that to keep the test fair. Doing the same yeah. workouts, but yeah, maybe I should do that. Think about the double activity credit. 
what are you trying to compare? Just trying to compare the battery life between the 40 millimeter Series 4 and the 40 millimeter Series 5. Ah. They're like the exact same, just the difference is they're always on in the compass. Yeah, I feel like there is no significant difference between the, the two for me. It's, uh, yeah. That's good. That's good. I mean, yeah. it might be, it, it might also be just uh, luck of the software draw because um, some people also had worse battery life with WatchOS 6 um, mm-hmm. with the Series 4. Some people didn't. Um, like, I think you, Zach, mentioned I that you to, had... I seem to, as I mentioned last week, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I for think me, yesterday there was, no was the first day... Well, yesterday was the first day I made it uh, to work, to the gym, and home from work without putting it on charge, but it was on about 8% when I got home. Mm. Uh, that, that being since updating to WatchOS 6, it used to get through... A full day, no worries. Mm. I'd probably get home and have about thirty percent from the same day uh, on what you're Oh, wow, that's a so huge difference. I'm, yeah, it's it's crazy. I'm hopeful for a software update to fix something. Yeah. Um, so I also wonder. Yeah, I don't know, if it might not be an issue exclusive to the new ones, but yeah. it's still an issue. Yeah, I wonder if those reports for the new one are just more uh, prominent because, first of all, new hardware product way more interesting to talk about, uh, and second of all, like they they ship with WatchOS six. Uh, so there, there are no uh, watches five series five watches. Mm. Yep. So Could yeah, we'll no, see. That's a fair point. When are we getting six one in like four or five days? So Who we'll knows? See Who knows? I don't know. It might be moved. <laughs> Is it gonna? I mean, yeah, we don't know because it's in. It's at beta one at the moment, but who knows how many betas there's going to be? We've also got an Xcode eleven point one GM, so maybe they drop on the same day with Mac OS Catalina, which yep. Apparently, it's coming out October 4th. Who yeah. wrote this? Because I don't know this. Oh, what a good segue. <laughs> a good segue isn't commented on. I know, but that makes it way better. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So so in-depth now. Yeah. Wait, wait, but who wrote this? Because I, I don't know anything about this. Who wrote what? So, October 4th. Is this like a thing? Is it confirmed? So, Do we know the Apple, release date? Apple puts that on their um, Apple Arcade page. Uh, they're mentioning that uh, oh. Apple Arcade is coming to uh, macOS on October 4th. Do they um, really need Catalina to release? Yes. How comes? That's just the new App Store that contains uh, Apple Arcade. Oh, yeah, that's right. And also probably, I don't know if they're using anything new. Uh, I wonder if any of the October games actually 4th, use Catalyst that's type. A Friday. Hmm. A Friday, really? <laughs> Release all your bad news on a Friday. On a Friday. Yeah. yeah, that's a Saturday for a straight like. Jira's I don't got think that's really. Atlassian's got to release their Jira thing. They're not going to release <laughs> on a Saturday. People oh, might actually work on weekends. <sighs> they can also submit it and just release it automatically on Saturday. Yeah, what do you really want sure, that though? You do I support. like to monitor those things. Yeah. Or maybe mm, it's just flawless. Yeah. <laughs> They're just so confident. It has been yeah. in beta a while. <laughs> yeah, easy trick. Uh, just just don't b- write any bugs, then you can release whatever day you want. Good point. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, yeah, that's so cool. cool. So, yeah. Zach, you've been on the Catalina beta for a while. Uh, how how yeah. do you feel like it's stabilizing now? Would you think October 4th yes. is a re- reasonable release date? Look, I think it's fine. Since they reverted the iCloud drive changes, everything's fine. It's really not much okay. of an update. I mean, a, a lot of the iCloud drive changes, like shared folders, were part of the selling point of Catalina, and now it's mm-hmm. been reverted. So it's like, what's new? Mac app? Sorry, I- iPad apps on the Mac. I guess that's cool, but like, yeah. it doesn't affect the stability of day to day use if you're not using any Catalyst apps. Actually, I am using some Catalyst apps in beta, and they seem okay. They're not great. They're they're fine. Um, 
I, I think it's it's I don't know whether it's like an app thing or a dev tool thing, but they're fine. Like it does the job. It's probably ready for release. Um, the actual operating system itself is fine. Your copy I actually... just kicked in. <laughs> what? <laughs> Zach just got way faster all of a sudden. Oh. Um, I actually related to Catalina and Catalyst. I was wondering if you guys would start hypothetically if you would start making a new app today <laughs> and you wanted to make it both for iOS and Android and you're happy to just support iOS 13 on iOS would you make this in SwiftUI or would it, you make it in um would you use Catalyst or both oh I, did you say Android no as no, part of no you did okay. say Android did I say Android no you way. did say Android really? thought, yeah you, did. you, you no. said Android I was confused wow. about that, and I was going to leave that aside for a while. But <laughs> okay, yeah. sorry. I just, I just didn't know if that was an important part of the question or not. It sounds like it was a, a misspeak. How can I misspeak that? Wow, I'm really tired. Because um, you love Android. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Swift UI for Android, out. please. Um, no, but maybe Android in the future. But that's not really uh, the focus at the moment. So, would you? What would you guys do? It really depends on a lot of things. If it's something that I am doing for a client, then absolutely no way. Um, <laughs> because they'd be paying me to learn and to deal with buggy tools. If it's a side project that needs to ship, then no. If wait, it's a side wait, project, no, that no, as in like none of the options. Or would you not go with I wouldn't SwiftUI? Use, I wouldn't use SwiftUI. Okay, so you would go with Catalyst. Um, well, well, they're this, they're mutually exclusive, aren't they? So not mutually exclusive. You can use, you can use. Swift UI, like Swift UI, oh yeah, I know like UI kit on the Mac, but that's just the name of it. Um, so you, you can, can use Swift UI components yeah. and, and have them shared across, but have two different bundles, essentially, mm. where you just share a lot of UI code, or you could write it in Swift UI and then use Catalyst. Or you could just write one in AppKit, one in UI kit. Yeah, or use UI kit and then use Catalyst. There, there are a few options now. You could still bring your Swift UI iPad app to the Mac with Catalyst. That's right. Yeah, but why not go so all the way then and write Swift UI and have two different UIs on um, iOS and on macOS, and then you don't worry about Catalyst. And you would just share as many components as you could. Kind of like what yeah. Catalyst yeah. is. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it would really depend on the project. Is the Mac is the Mac app designed to do something different? To have either additional features, or if you, I mean, if you want a totally different UI, then it would make sense to build them separately. If you're okay with the Mac app looking very much like your iPad app, then I think it makes sense to use Catalyst. If you look at something like Jira, their Mac app is not a carbon copy of the website. It's much, much closer in features, functionality, and design to the iPad app. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, if that's what you're trying to achieve, and I think in Jira's case, that makes a lot of sense, then go nuts with Catalyst. Um, mm-hmm. if your Mac app is totally different. And I'm trying to think of a good example um, of of a case where a Mac app is quite different and I can't really off the top of my head, um, then I think it would make sense to build a native Mac app. Maybe something like GarageBand. Yeah, I was going to say something like, like Fantastical. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Is it, more f- is it more fully featured on the Mac? I would say so. Uh, not really feature-wise. It's more about the UI being a bit more, um, I guess, just uh, it's, it has more, I would say it has more content in it, I think. But I think in general, a good approach to this is start with whatever platform you want, then decide if you want to use 
if if you start on iOS, decide if you want to go with UIKit or SwiftUI. If you go with SwiftUI and you then want to bring it to Mac, look what your your uh, Catalyst build mm-hmm. would look yeah. like yeah. and then see if that's the route you want to go with. Or if you want very significant changes but want to use some components or whatever, then maybe uh, continue with SwiftUI on the Mac and use those components across. And so that's actually the other thing. Um, the One of the things that annoys me about about Catalyst apps is the like uh, popover menu style mm-hmm. things that they use. And Apple's apps do this too where they... They really don't look very Mac OS-y. It would kind of be nice to be able to render Catalyst, like, say, settings uh, sheets in apps as native Mac OS things because they look very iOS-y, but they don't even look like good iOS um, oh. UI. No, but it's, it's an Apple thing. It's, not, yeah. a, it's yeah. not a third-party developer thing. It's just how they're rendering, like, modal presentation views and stuff on the Mac. Um, okay. and, and all the Catalyst apps, Apple's included, it just, it looks weird. And in my own, in, in Petty, um, which hopefully I'll end up releasing, it just, it doesn't look as good as I think it could. I think it could look a little bit more native and a little bit less like an iPad app. Um, in particular, it doesn't look, it's just like, like, say the border on that, um, on that, like, modal presentation has, sorry, the, the modal presentation thing has a weird border. It has like a one pixel border that seems to be a random color like a white or something that totally isn't defined by you and it's Mm -hmm. just i don't know how you would fix that and it's like there's all these weird little things that make it look funny so i guess if you wanted to feel truly at home on the mac you'd probably want to build it with AppKit or at least parts of it with AppKit. i don't know Hmm. or does that make sense oh it's swift ui yeah or or with swift ui but but sorry um but building it as a native mac app and not Mm. using catalyst is what i'm what i mean yeah so many Terms. Yeah. I know. So that's yeah. I mean. There's yeah. also so many yeah. options now, and I know so many that's why I was so curious. Yeah. In different levels of maturity, yeah, like certain things feels like Catalyst is more mature, others Swift UI is more mature. I, I think you just have to pick your first platform yeah. first, and I, then I think... decide how you move it over. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Probably not App Kit. <laughs> no, I feel like that's that that's a little no. That's I not what I meant like to say, that. but you know what I meant. Mm. Like, yeah. The native Mac. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think in this hypothetical scenario, I will use SwiftUI. <laughs> in two weeks? In two weeks. Yeah. In Sounds very hypothetical. Yeah. Oh. Uh, no, I'm going to, Kai and I are going to start working on the new app, which is going to be really exciting. Mm. Um, we can talk more about that in the following episode, so tune in for that. Mm. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. See, now they're hooked. Yeah. Now we get yeah. the same amount of listeners next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also have a real-time follow-up. Uh, turns out um, Apple removed the 4th of October from the uh, from the Catalina <gasps> website again. So I don't know if that means uh, it wasn't supposed to be announced or if it's not actually happening on the 4th of October. Uh, would be kind of nice at this point if Apple would just tell us when this stuff release is being released because we might have to still make some tweaks for our Catalyst builds hypothetically before it's released, but also have a lot of other things to prioritize. Um, but yeah, it it's will. flawless. It all just works. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just so be it, now it's back to just a generic October. So we'll see. Okay. Well, October is soon. So. Yeah, and technically the fourth would be part of October. So we'll see. This could be a good time to leave <laughs> you mean for you not for everyone listening sorry you don't want to talk to us about uh, apple arcade <laughs>
I'll leave that for, yeah. for you and Adam to, yeah. to discuss. <laughs> Enjoy your discussion about Apple Arcade. I will very excitedly listen on <laughs> sure. Tuesday afternoon. Sure. When, well, I will listen. I will li- I listen. If I don't edit the episode, I listen back to it. But we should get you to edit this one. All right. Enjoy the game. Have a good week. I'll chat with you next week. Uh, bye, Adam. Enjoy oh, bye, Apple Arcade stuff. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Enjoy the game. I hope they win. I- I guess. Thanks. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Okay. Fingers crossed. Okay. Excited. Go right. Giants. Have fun. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. All right. So, Zach had to leave because he doesn't want to talk to us about Apple Arcade. He even made up some, some silly excuse about some game that's going on. Yeah, he called it footy. I don't know. That sounds made up, right? Yeah, no, I don't know what that is. I, I, heard, I heard that Zach hates fun. Is that why he doesn't <laughs> like Apple Arcade? <laughs> All right. Do you guys want to talk about Apple Arcade? Before we get into Apple Arcade, did you see that um, Google launched a competitor-ish to Apple Arcade? Yeah, I remember you saying it. I didn't yes. read anything about it. Did you Did you see that, Adam? Um, I did see that. Um, all I remember about it is, what, it's the same price, roughly, but it's not... Uh, exclusive games i don't think uh yes that's right but same basic idea and the games have already potentially been released in the play store right? yeah they're all existing games okay yeah so that's it's it's kind of interesting so what what google's doing it's also not only um only games so it's google's calling it uh, google play pass and it's also same price 4.99 in the us and you get access to i don't know they have hundreds of games um but most of them or i think all of them existing games and some some applications in in the mix what? like some uh weather apps what? and some yeah it, it, it is like, interesting what do we have it's like when, <laughs> when you're visiting someone and you forgot the present and like i have this old dvd <laughs> i guess we can have that one <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah what uh, just out of curiosity so obviously we'll talk about what we think about Apple Arcade in a minute. But if Apple Arcade, instead of being what it is, if it was hypothetically what Google Play Pass is, mm-hmm. would we would be we be excited about that? <sighs> I mean it's diff- it's so different and more difficult in a way. I think Apple's model of having basically being a studio for games that they can develop, it's a lot more straightforward because this means first of all you might already own a good chunk of those games right you might because games like uh stardew valley and and monument valley and a lot of valleys (laughs) mini metro uh bridge constructor portal like those games you might already own so a lot of the games that you would care about you would already own and therefore you wouldn't get the value out of that well i feel like apples is a lot more clear-cut you get stuff you wouldn't have otherwise gotten yeah and that seems like a lot like easier of a of a model you pay five dollars for games you wouldn't otherwise have well the play pass you get the most value of of play pass if you never cared about supporting indie games before (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. i guess it'll be interesting to see going forward with the play pass how many new games yes it has because if if obviously if there's like whatever 10 cool new games a month or 20 or however many then it becomes more compelling because even if you can get them outside of google play pass you could still tell yourself that it's more cost effective just to subscribe and 
Yeah. Just get get them automatically. Yeah, that's right. And it also depends, right? Maybe maybe it was just Google saying, oh, this Apple Arcade thing is probably going to uh, <laughs> be all right. Uh, we don't have anything. <laughs> Making video games takes a really long time, so we can't really make new ones. Let's no just one- <laughs> contact all those developers we already have and see if they want to give it away on Play Pass for X amount of dollars instead. Um, seems like a, the, the, a quick... Do you know which games they have here? Are they usually games that would have been paid up front or are they games with like free memory? So they have the same similar rules. Uh, I don't want to say same because I, I didn't drill into the fine print too much, but the, the same idea, no inner purchases, um, no no kind of weird gem, gem selling. Okay. So um, that is similar to Apple Arcade and um, all of them that I saw advertised are uh, w- were pay up front before okay. for the fact, or at least uh, start for free and then unlock the game with yeah, money, yeah. but not uh, if you can either wait 12 hours or pay 50 cents games. So it was all more, yeah. more quality am, games am, that were designed for, for fun. I'm curious about what makes the most for those developers. I think if you can decide to, both have your game available on the Play Store and then also enroll in this thing. It's sort of like a, it seems more like a Spotify sort of model that I assume they would get money for each sale or for, for each month per like the, the, the downloads no, or usage. Yeah. Or is it like a fixed? I guess it would be downloads or usage. So I wonder, it would be interesting to see sort of a comparison what they make the most money off. But I feel like if you on Apple Arcade, you sort of guarantee that your development costs will be supported, and it seems a bit more easy to justify. I mean, it depends on where Google is going with this, yeah. right? Like as Adam said, if if they're now next month, we start seeing first like new or exclusive games being mm-hmm. announced. Then this was just a way of of also being competitive and not letting people go like see Apple Arcade as this thing right. that is uh, then harder to compete with. Um, if we don't see that, then then they're just different services with dif- with a different focus. Yeah, but it's and hard. that might still be okay because I mean it it, it could be that it's just going to be games that are in kind of the long tail uh, mm. part of their life cycle, mm. and the same way that games that have been out for a couple years, you know, will become part of uh, like the humble bundle or yeah. other discounted specials. Uh, you know, it's they probably just see it as a way of sc- eking out a little bit more money uh, than they yeah. otherwise would if, if it's a couple years old. And that can yeah. still be fine. I mean... Yeah, I mean, there yeah. are a lot of... Like, if you haven't played any of those games and you care about games, mm. there are a lot of good ones in, in that bundle for, for I mean, like, the $5. If, if, if for example, uh, PlayStation offered a, a, a pass like this that allowed me unlimited access to all games that were over, <laughs> say, two years old... Yeah. I would I would do it in a second because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm per- I'm perpetually two years behind on uh, <laughs> yeah. my my backlog and so that'd be perfect. And, yeah, uh, mm. yeah, I, I agree. Uh, but it also it is it is weird that it's like here all those games and a weather app. Yeah, okay, <laughs> does that mean we'll see more of that? Is it, just just they did that so that uh, the tech pundits could all mention like, well, Apple Arcade doesn't have a weather app, you know. <laughs> yeah. You, you have to have a pro call, a pro con column, right? And uh, you have to you have to have some pro in the Google Play one yeah. that, that Apple doesn't have, and like no weather apps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, it's it's interesting. Um, also, it's it's really hard to talk about it from a 
um, industry perspective, because if it's really just like the long tail of games, sure, it's fine, right? Mm -hmm. If Monument Valley probably didn't make a lot of, I mean, assuming here, they probably don't make as much money as they did in the first few weeks anymore. So if this is a way for them to continuously make a little bit more money to finance the next efforts, which otherwise they wouldn't have made, and more people who wouldn't have spent $5 for that game in particular now get to play it, I mean, that seems like a... yeah. Better, better use of something yeah. rather than not letting anyone play yeah. it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's all we have for <laughs> for Play Pass. It will be interesting to see what they're doing with it. But maybe uh, uh, I'd love it if Apple Arcade maybe one day added old games in yeah. addition, still do exactly what they're doing, but have kind of a line called like the classic lineup or mm. something like that. That adds the Monument Valleys and the Alto, Alto's Adventure and, and games mm. that are the same quality as Apple Arcade games are supposed to be, mm. but maybe aren't making that much money on their own and, and mm. just expose it to a new new generation of, of game players, I guess. Yeah, yeah Apple is kind of in the comfortable situation that they can add that later if yeah. they see the market going that direction, right? Maybe at the moment it's hard, right? We don't know if... In, in a year, no one ever taps that games tab anymore because it turned into a completely toxic hell stew of, of in-app purchase <laughs> gambling games, right? And everyone's just going to the arc- arcade one or if there will be some kind of... Uh, I mean, th- Apple is kind of in control in certain parts. Like if they would restrict certain ways of in-app purchases, that could shift those kind of markets a bit, right? But we don't know where that's going. And I don't know if Apple knows exactly how all of this will unfold. But I mean, it's it's nice to have that option, right? To say, all right, if 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 everyone's only using arcade, to then talk to s- certain developers of games that that are on your platform that are kind of cool, and either give them some money to to add some new features. Like, I mean, there are some some games I I, I really enjoy that have not even been updated for for the ten series screen size. So if those kind of developers would be mm. contacted and say, look, we we pay you to to update them for the latest devices mm. um, and then add them to Apple Arcade. That might be a cool way of, of bringing those kind of games that wouldn't, where just wouldn't by themselves make f- sense financially to do those updates. But if Apple is wanting to increase their value of their service to pay developers to mm. bring it, yeah. to, to, to put that effort in, that, w- that could be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm curious. Do you guys feel like I mean, Apple Arcade is obviously new, and that's like exciting to look in that tab. But do you guys feel like you're still gonna look in the games tab of the App Store, or is it sort of is Apple Arcade sort of rep- like? Do you feel like it makes sense to go there when it's it feels like it's been harder and harder to find good quality games in the games tab, and it's a bit harder to navigate. Whilst it feels like Apple Arcade is like sort of like a easy it's it's an easier thing to browse i think do you guys feel like you're still gonna use the games tab part of my answer to that is i didn't use the games tab that much before (laughs) yeah fair enough. well uh, the the way i would find out about games you know i wasn't a super prolific game player on ios but you know i i always had a, a game that i was playing but it was pretty much uh word of mouth or 
every once in a while I would go to the games tab and I would look at one of the kind of uh, curated lists that yeah, Apple would yeah. have. It would be like, if you love adventure games, mm-hmm. and I'd look and I'd there'd be 10 of them and maybe six of them would look pretty good. I would just mm-hmm. buy all six. And uh, <laughs> then I wouldn't look at it again for a few months. And mm. and usually by the time they make those lists, the only thing that's on those lists are like the, the, the really high quality games that have mm. longevity and uh, are not the the jewel purchasing yeah, uh, yeah. variety. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I feel like those are the more useful places to go. I'm wondering how much... I'm, I don't know. I feel like for Apple, it must be hard to know what to prioritize there because they sort of have Apple Arcade and they could make all this editorial content about that, but it should sort of not forget about the other ones. But it also makes it hard, right? If Even for me, if I go to the games tab now and I see a game for like $5, which a few weeks ago would have been fine now it feels like mm. i mean even if someone yeah. who's very aware of of that five dollars is not a lot of money for a game that took a lot of time to develop just feels like the the value proposition of paying the same amount of money for one mm-hmm. game and you don't even know right there's not not a good way of of testing it uh before you play uh, before you pay for it often i mean some games do that but most of them are either paid up front or or in a purchase hell um <laughs> it is it is difficult i think to to compete with that offering and i mean that's probably also why we have play pass right because google also realized that this might be a <laughs> uh such a strong selling point for apple devices and apple's platforms i mean not just that's another thing right with that Kate, we're not only talking ios uh we're talking ipad os tv os and uh 4th of october or not uh or some other day in october uh mac os which is um especially if you're like the three of us very much in the apple ecosystem it, it makes quite an impact if you can just play wherever you want yep. on yep. whatever device you happen to have with you yeah. or you're sitting at you can just play the same games and continue if, um, I, I do think that is quite compelling of a of a sales pitch for for five dollar service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard, and I think we spoke about this the other day uh, in the previous episode. It just feels like it's hard to justify buying the one that is the same price, and I think it feels almost it almost feels like it's this like elite at the moment in the app store with all the games that Apple supported getting a bit of a like get, getting more of a push at the moment. Um, so I wonder how it will be to um, like be a com- be like have a game like Altos Adventure or uh, Monument Valley that's already on there. Um, I wonder if they will see any shift in their revenue. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, especially as new ones because yeah. there are also new games who have been developed for for a few years now that plan to launch. Yeah, yeah. That that's what I f- would find scary right now to launch a new game that you spend uh, a significant amount of time on. In, in that other tab. Yeah, I mean, those kind of things we'll, we'll see uh, w- w- what will happen with those. Mm. It's, it's hard. I, I find it really hard to predict because for myself, I do think I will not... I mean, most of it, there's so much interesting stuff. And it's also realistically, I'm not playing like 20 games a month, right? I, I mm-hmm. might play two or three. Um, and the way my usage pattern is right now, I'm more inclined to look for the two or three games a month in the arcade tab than in the other. Yeah. Just because I know in the arcade tab, I will not have ads. I will not have in-app purchases. And realistically, I don't prefer to play on my phone 
But being able to switch between platforms means I'm also okay starting something on a phone and trying it. Yeah, that's a good point. Like it, it's that's kind of the pattern that I noticed for myself. Um, is I especially in preparation for for this episode, um, I I try out a lot of games on on iOS, but then move to tvOS when when I realized that I might actually want to spend some more time with them. Mm-hmm. And I think that is kind of fun, and also makes me sometimes realize that certain games might work quite well on iOS better than I would have expected if and I wouldn't have bought it for five dollars uh, because I would have assumed the the input mechanism on iOS wouldn't be great but it turns out it was super playable so do you guys want to talk about games let's talk about games yeah. <laughs> have so you played a lot this week have you Kai? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say a lot um, more than more than usual mm. yeah yeah, I did some preparation for this. I tried, I tried a lot of games. It was really, really difficult homework we gave ourselves here. Yeah, I, <laughs> um, I feel like overall I'm very impressed by all the quality of the apps. I, or sorry, of the games. Mm-hmm. I, f- mm-hmm. I didn't expect it to be this great. Like just looking at the game, like I was really impressed by um, what is it called? The lava game? Uh, hot lava? Uh, d- did you play this, uh, Adam? Yes, you're going to have to explain a little bit about what's good about this game cuz I <laughs> I felt like I was left very very confused and dissatisfied. <laughs> Did you watch the intro yeah, though? Yeah, so the the game itself yes. is not Oh yes, the, what the, I'm the entire by. intro is genius. Yeah. Yes, sorry. Yeah. The, the the entire that I was I I had to check and make sure it was actually the game that was playing <laughs> yeah. uh, a few times. So yes, absolutely. Um I, and that would that's but but we should talk more about this game cuz I <laughs> So, so for those who have not played uh, Hot Lava, the entire, I'd say, opening scene of the game, which is about five minutes long, ten minutes long. It's, yeah, it's not, like that's so it, impressive. Yeah. It comes across like a, uh, it's, it's um, kind of a take on the old like G.I. Joe uh, animated mm-hmm. uh, TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and it's really, really, uh, well done in that regard. Like the animation style looks exactly like that. And, uh, and it's, it, it's a little self-contained story, even though you're kind of thrown in, in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, and, and actually I'm not, I'm still not quite sure what it has to do with the actual <laughs> game itself. Cause at a certain point that ends and you play the actual game, which is a kind of a, 3D first person perspective at least that's the way it played for me uh where yeah. you're playing the, the 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 game that children play hot lava where you pretend that the floor is lava and you have to jump yeah. from chair chair to desk and things like that um, so, uh, yeah, the, the intro sequence definitely felt like it had very little to do with it. <laughs> yeah. But I think and- that is also a an Apple Arcade effect that you because I don't think you yeah. they would have done that if they would have just released a normal game without Apple having a financial impact on the development. Yeah, yeah. This feels like something where like, whoa, we actually have more budget than we expected. <laughs> Maybe that was it, yeah. Let's, let's do a fun intro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I mean, it has almost no value, but it was kind of delightful. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, might, I might not, I, I don't know if I will actually play the game, but just watching the intro, it's like, well, I didn't pay for this, yeah. right? I, I would have paid for the $5 for Arcade anyway, but having like a fun, kind of quirky, absurd intro that was kind of 80s G.I. Joe inspired, that was fun. Did, I'm did, okay with that. You, did either of you play the game? I played for about 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah, I watched yeah. Kai play it. Um, I, you know, it's funny because I really played, I played the game probably for, yeah, 10 or 15 minutes. And I was just mm-hmm. very dissatisfied, like I said. And so much so that apparently it actually 
the whole delightful intro got blocked out of my mind. Because oh, no. when you mentioned, oh, let's talk about Hot Lava, I didn't think about that intro at all. I was like, oh, it's that game. That was like Everyone's <laughs> talking about how that game's... Sorry, I, I don't mean to, this this episode shouldn't be me complaining about the Apple <laughs> Arcade games. Because I, I think in general, we, had, we all have positive experiences with them. Uh, and I don't mean to pick on this particular game. But I think uh, that's the benefit of Arcade in a way, too. That you can, you know, you tried it. You, you at least experienced the mm. intro. You know what it is. You probably would have been annoyed if you would have spent $5 because someone said, hey, you should try Hot Lava. But now you got to try it for free. You realize after 10 minutes, not for you. And you went to one of the other games you actually like. I think that is... Yes. And it looks, based on, on Twitter responses, yeah. it looks like some people really enjoyed that game. Yeah, yeah. I think that is that is in itself kind of exactly the point of Apple Arcade. So, yeah. You yeah. can still try it without having to commit to everything. Right. And, and stick with it only with the things that you enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. What did you find so confusing about that particular well, game? Was so it like the, the actual play mechanics? Well, well, he, here's what happened to me. So that, that, that delightful part of the beginning ends, and then you're kind of, I guess it looks like you're actually playing as one of the characters from that little short, mm -hmm. or someone dre or a kid dressed up as that character. Yeah, the, it the, that quite, seems to be the case. The, yeah, the, the like, size doesn't really make sense. I thought it was like an action figure, but it's way too big. So I yes, don't really, yes, yeah, I, it might be a kid. Mm. And there's a, a, what do you want to call it, tutorial-ish level, and mm -hmm. your, your sister or someone calls you, and you have to kind of, like, jump from thing to thing and not touch the floor because it's hot lava, and mm -hmm. get to sort of the end. And once I got to the end, maybe I tapped a wrong button or something like that, but then I ended up in something that was actually some multiplayer yep, that's world. Yep, And the floor wasn't hot lava. I was just in some, <laughs> like, in some gymnasium. Mm -hmm. yep. And there was some other idiots jumping around. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. And then I just, uh, I just left. Okay. I, I do agree that that is a weird cut yeah, at that point. Yeah, it's a bit confusing that it's... I don't know why I didn't make it not lava anymore. I think the idea there is that you should experiment with certain... Um, elements of the game like it's basically a gym where you can try all right how does like how do those boxes behave and how can i uh, get between those two surfaces but then this is actually more of a hub world so there are then lava looking uh doors if you walk through those ah. that's when you enter the actual next okay. levels i did go through one of them yeah and I, I kept dying like within the first uh, 10 meters going forward. <laughs> I just couldn't get where I needed to go at that point. Well, it, you know, part of the problem is in general, I was trying to play a lot of different games. So yeah. we have a lot of things uh -huh. to it talk is a about. Bit overwhelming, and yeah. so once I got kind of slightly disinterested in any game that normally I might give more of a chance to, I was just like, all right, I'm going to try something else, mm. uh, right, which is yeah. also an advantage of Apple Arcade. You can, if you're simply not in the mood, you can revisit something yeah. later. Mm. But it also can be overwhelming yeah, it's to have like a bit 100 games and you're like just, you know, it's it's like the the American uh, satellite TV uh, problem when you're like, uh, <laughs> if, if you only have two channels, it's easy to pick whichever one you like better. But if you have like 500 channels, you you might yes. spend an evening just going from channel yeah, to channel. Yeah. yeah. And don't watch anything and then you go to bed. Yeah. No, I did feel, I was a bit concerned about that too. It was like, everything looks so good. Where should I start? Um, okay. I'm actually thinking of taking some time Like throughout the month and actually spending like one day on each game just to actually play them. Um, mm. But yeah, it is hard to not jump between them when you can. Um, yeah. Yeah. Did you find one that you actually like after? So first, first for the can I? Yeah. 
just say something more positive about Hunt Lava. Okay. <laughs> um, have either of you ever played like surf levels in Counter Strike? No, you mentioned this. I didn't know that this was a thing in Counter Strike. No, I have not. Okay, so it is. It is. It kind of Hot Lava really reminded me of that kind of concept. That it's a first-person game where you have to kind of do jumps and and kind of hit surfaces in this particular way. So you make it across, and it's almost like you're. It feels like you're slightly exploiting the physics of the game engine, and that's basically what surf levels were in Counter Strike. Okay. And that's kind of what I I feel like Hot Lava is. It's basically <laughs> uh, you go going from A to B, and it's it's it's. Like a skill-based first-person uh, platformer, and okay. I think that okay. is. Uh, I I did enjoy it a lot more than I thought. I did have some issues with my Bluetooth. Uh, I use a PlayStation Four controller mm-hmm. on the Apple TV, and that seemed to have had all of a sudden a five-second lag, um, which <laughs> obviously for this type of game was not ideal. <laughs> um, but apart from that, I, I actually enjoyed it more than I thought. And I didn't really know what I would get into. But considering that I did, when I was younger, play surf levels in, in mm-hmm. Counter-Strike, uh, uh, it was it, I, I enjoyed it. It was kind of oh. reminding me of that. And the multiplayer component was kind of fun uh, to to have other people that also try to, to make it through the same course. And you kind of have this... Uh, competitive feeling directly that you you want to beat that other person, uh, and you're kind of taking as a result you take way more risks than you would if you would just play by yourself, right? You would play a lot slower. So I, I did enjoy that component, but I can totally see why why especially the way the the start of the game doesn't really tell you where to go. It makes it a bit confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, maybe I'll watch some uh, some streams of it so I can see what it would look like <laughs> if I were good. Uh, that, maybe that will renew my interest. Did you yeah. play on... Which type of device were you playing on? For this game, I played on. I played games on all the different de- devices, but this particular game, I was also on the Apple TV oh, okay. with, the, uh, pl- with the PlayStation 4 controller. Okay, because I feel like... I don't know what the controls would look like on a, on a phone, but I feel like this would be a bit awkward of a game to play. Yeah, it would be hard. Yeah. I would imagine. Pro tip also, I didn't know how to connect a PlayStation controller to a different uh, device. You um, mean different from the pl- PlayStation yeah, itself? So, yeah, so every time I hit the PlayStation button, my PlayStation would turn on, and then I tried to unpair it in the PlayStation settings, and then it would always repair, and it was kind of annoying. Uh, so pro tip, if you use a PlayStation controller, just hit the PlayStation and the share button simultaneously, uh, push and hold them until the the light bar starts flashing, and then you can pair it to another device. Yes, yes. Hmm. Did um, on my Apple TV, it actually had a little section that told me that. Yeah, yeah, that is that is that is smart too. <laughs> you could either do that or or try, try for thirty convention. minutes uh, frust- being frustrated why why the stupid thing doesn't I, connect I to the right I machine. I just uh, I didn't know if I, I'm not used to your podcast. I'm, I didn't know if the format was just you know reading the directions that Apple already provides, uh, <laughs> or whether we try to give actual you know. Tips no, that people no. <laughs> no, the concept is do the silliest thing humanly possible and then complain uh, uh, how it's not intuitive. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate that you actually did this homework properly. Yeah. We should yeah. maybe have done that too. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, now back to the question if you actually liked anything. <laughs> actually, how did you approach this? Did you look for like a category of things that you would be interested in? or I approached this. I started um, normally for iOS. Um, my iPad is my go-to device. And, and this mm. was actually, um, I upgraded my iPad to iOS 13.1 early so I could uh, do the Apple Arcade stuff. Um, and I did my Apple TV later. 
Uh, so mm-hmm. I started off, I just went to the arcade section and sort of um, whatever that first list is, that's kind of that, that horizontal list that is kind of just trying to introduce mm-hmm. you to it. Mm-hmm. Like, here's some cool mm-hmm. stuff to play. I actually went and just downloaded every single one of those mm-hmm. onto my iPad just to kind of start off because I thought, well, you know, I have no other way of deciding. Um, I'll just pick what, what, what are the, here are the 10 apps that Apple says are good things to start with. And so that's what Mm. I did at first. Mm -hmm. And then later I looked through it, you know, that, that page changes a lot, the main arcade uh, page. And I added some things later. And then when I went to the Apple TV, I tried to focus on games that I had purposely not downloaded because I thought that they would play better on the Mm. Apple TV with a controller. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And uh, I, I, the iPhone, I've, I've barely done any of the games on the iPhone, to be honest. Um, I just, a few of them, I just wanted to see how well they played. Um, so I downloaded them there, but. Did you find one that you really enjoyed? Uh, yeah, I have a few. Um, All right. Let's, let's talk about them. Let's talk about it. Well, uh, one of them, and I've already, uh, I'd already talked to Kai about this a little bit. Um, there's a game called, uh, What the Golf. Oh, which, oh yeah. What the Golf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is, uh, as you know, it sounds like you guys know, is just a really, uh, fun, delightful game. It's kind of a, physics-based, goofy, I won't call it a golf game because (laughs) 99% of it isn't a golf game. It starts off as a golf game and then it kind of goes crazy from there. Mm -hmm. But uh, for those who have not played it, the basic mechanic is it's the the type of mechanic where you kind of pull back your finger on the screen to choose a direction and a strength of doing like a, a golf shot, for example. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. kind of like you would do for Angry Birds flinging the birds or um, what's that, desert golfing, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it starts off as a, just kind of a, a, a cutesy graphic golf game, but quickly devolves into <laughs> something else as you no longer – are flinging golf balls into <laughs> holes, but you start then flinging uh, your golfer into the holes, and then you start flinging the hole onto the golf ball, and then it's no longer golf. You're flinging soccer balls into soccer goals, and you're uh, and it's just it just kind of goes crazy. It, it feels like it's one of those games where the developers just had a policy of whatever someone just thinks of some crazy <laughs> idea you can make a level with that like what if mm. instead what if you just decided to fling uh you know the soccer goal at the soccer ball like, do it done yeah. you, have, you know there's a level and uh it's funny. but also my for me when i when i started really enjoying that game was i think the third third level when you're you're i think the first one is you you hit the golf ball into into the hole right Easy. yeah the second one i think you, you you then hit the golfer and you're like all right i i see what they're doing uh then the third one you you draw the meter the the kind of indicator of how <laughs> how much strength yeah. you have you draw that one and then it flings the the draw meter <laughs> <laughs> so like a ui element is actually starting to fly that's when i was like all right they're they're playing with things you wouldn't expect and that that made it a lot of fun and also uh, a lot of puns yeah, in the game. The so if 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 you enjoy puns, I think that that can yeah. also. Well, yes. if you're not end- a monster, you will enjoy this game. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of each level, yes, there's sort of a uh, some phrase that kind of is supposed to congratulate you on getting finished, and uh, often it is a kind of funny pun related to kind of mm. what you went through in the level. Mm. How far? How far did you make it? I made it. 
Uh, shoot, I was trying to remember. I got past all the soccer levels. I got past um, oh the the ones that the the portal related okay. levels. I got through that. That's the other thing I'll mention for those who haven't played it. There are a whole lots of very clever references to other video games. Some mm. more blatant than others, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very good. How how far have you guys gotten? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think Kai, you finished the whole game, right? Yeah, I I hundred percent. Dang. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Uh, there's some levels. It was I super can't, frustrating. Can't the- they had a the the day one build had a bug where it would actually not let you complete it to a hundred percent, but only to uh, ninety nine. Um, then they fixed the bug in the second uh, build. But if you already passed that part, you would still be stuck at ninety nine percent. So I spent like ten minutes trying to find what I might be missing, and then it turned, turns out it was just a bug in the game. So then they uh, released a third update, and then I, I, my percentage just jumped to 100%. I'm actually at 14%. Nice. Oh, well. um, <laughs> so I'm actually not past the soccer levels by the look mm. of it, but I did get to all the cow and hot dog levels, mm. uh, which I enjoyed a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There's lots of uh, dynamite also. How do you see what percentage? I'm 21%, so... Oh, okay, yeah. That's- and I feel like I've been playing for quite a while, so maybe... It says how long up. you played for. How long? I, it's just well, now I'm kind of... It's only 45 minutes of playtime. Whoa! You made for... I, I played two hours, and I only made... I think I only played an hour. No way! I think no. so. How can I have played two two hours, 15 minutes? <laughs> only made Do you leave the game running and go to bed or something? I don't know. Uh, or I just... I'm just really bad. Let me see. Uh, two hours... I'm at two okay, hours. I must have done something wrong here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's very slow. <laughs> what do you guys think about enjoying uh, the journey? Yeah. <laughs> I really liked the. Uh, I won't, I hesitate to call it a soundtrack because it's not. Uh, <laughs> it's not music in any traditional sense, but it's also very playful and funny. Uh, and so I don't know if if you guys noticed. Sometimes yes. the, the music yeah. is very minimal, but sometimes it just gets kind of kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, I did try to play all of those all the games I tried. I tried playing with sound on just because I think it felt like something a lot of them put a lot of effort into, mm. and all of them have so good. I really like the music in Cards of Darkness. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit celesty. Mm-hmm. No, not arcade, but still highly recommended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially if you like difficult platformers. Yeah. And Made in Vancouver. Not for me. No? I don't like Vancouver. I mean, I don't like <laughs> difficult... I don't like difficult games. <laughs> sure. <laughs> nice save. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think Water Golf is actually... I would say it's my favorite game. Um, just because it's like funny. Have you clever. played uh, Cards of Darkness? Adam? No, I don't think I've even remember seeing that. I don't think I downloaded it even. All right, Cards is, of Darkness. Tell me about yeah, it's it. Defi- it's definitely more of a. It feels more like a casual game, but it's not super casual. No, it's like still... it's a strategy base. You still have to think about it, but it's mm. a lot shorter levels, which is quite nice. I think. If you just yeah, it definitely feels like iOS or, or like an iPhone is the right platform for it mm, mm-hmm. compared to some of the the other ones. Um, so it's basically, it's kind of like a dungeon crawler. So each level is kind of a dungeon where you have to go from a start point to a finish point And you have, uh, it's basically a grid with cards. Some of the car- those cards are treasures, others are monsters, others are weapons. And you kind of have to fight your way through it. And it doesn't really matter which path you take. You just have to get from... from 
from somewhere build a path to the to the uh to the goal tile essentially okay okay and i see it in here card of darkness an epic card adventure yeah and it's again it's definitely more casual game inspired but it's very very polished and uh a lot of fun it gets it, it gets pretty challenging um but it's not too frustrating to to lose um certain certain i mean i think the the constellation of cards is also somewhat random um i mean there is a set of cards that can appear in each dungeon but where they appear is somewhat uh uh random so sometimes you just you, you, you're making it almost making it and then the next one is just a lot easier so there is this kind of randomness in there but it's definitely a fun fun uh more casual ios iphone game i'm i'm looking at one of the um reviews for this app in the app store and you can Mm -hmm. tell me if you agree with this the title of this review it's three-star review it would be better with microtransactions (laughs) are you serious (laughs) that is a review from uh sean face okay yeah so yeah. basically they want some faces yeah, wrong. So they basically want <laughs> inner purchases so they can bypass the levels, I guess. He's saying um this was obviously designed for the era of microtransactions where you play for a few minutes and then put it down because you don't want to watch an ad. But since there are no <laughs> ads, it just gets repetitive instead. Are you s- so this seri- is- I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> come on what's what's his face uh sean face sean face come on <laughs> this is really he, frustrating like he he used ads as a way of pacing his gameplay <laughs> and now it's all been thrown out the window it's like you have a level and you complete it and oh my gosh you have to play the le- next level right away <laughs> he seemed completely it's, overwhelmed about the concept of playing a game also uh i don't know it is not mandatory to continue <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you can take right, the break exactly. A hundred percent, it's optional to continue right. to the next yeah. level. He can, he, you, you can pause and then go watch some ads on YouTube <laughs> if, you, if you want, and then come back if you want the, the experience. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Uh, maybe um, I need to... I'm going to create a product now called, instead of ad blocker, it's going to be ad, ad inserter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we're laughing now. Uh, maybe, maybe there's. I was gonna say maybe there's a version on Android, but obviously it's uh, that's it's exclusive to iOS. So. Yep. Um, no, I, I I see I see where he's coming from with that. It might have been designed for that era, but yeah. I don't think it's it, necessary for the game to work. No, but I could also see that it wasn't designed for that, but still being inspired by that era of games. Like I can I can definitely see both with this yeah um i i also think i mean casual games it is it is fun i probably wouldn't play it for four hours straight just yeah. because of the type of game it is but i don't need ads to stop myself from from getting <laughs> bored and frustrated and sad um i'd still I, i'd still recommend it Gosh. cool Mm. I'm just imagining this guy. <laughs> Jesus. Like, he, he just needs this just to take a break. You're not going to be able to let that go, are you? No. Gonna, I'm like, what else, uh, what, what else does his life look like? Does he need, does he like, enjoy those ad breaks on website? He doesn't yeah. have an ad blocker at all. He just likes to have those ads in the middle of his news reading experience. Yeah. Uh, interesting guy. You know. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh, other other games without ads. Uh, I also really enjoyed Mini Motorway. Yeah, it was good. okay. Have you played? I have not um, played that either. Oh, so good! It is if if you've played uh, Mini Metro. Have you played that? No. 
All right, that was that was basically the previous game, or basically that was the previous game that they've released. <laughs> Let me summarize. Um, it's a previous game. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is very similar in a lot of ways, and to some extent, I I almost think Mini Metro is the more uh, polished one of the two. Um, so Mini Mini Metro was a game where you build uh, a metro network in in different cities. So you kind of have like the iconic colors of the London Tube, and you build like this kind of network. And you have stations and and destinations for for your uh, public transport uh, um, passengers, and you kind of have to build a network to kind of level out congestion across your network and building like different lines to to alleviate that and those kind of things. <clears throat> so you're basically building that kind of kind of network with some some of the increasing demand, and you kind of have to adjust to that. And it's essentially an endless round, but it's usually ending by there being too many passengers, and you your network falling apart, and then then you die because there's com- some kind of end condition. Okay. And um, mini motorways is is similar in a lot of ways, but instead it's factories, I guess, or office buildings. I think it's just a city, right? It's just sit- buildings in a city, like malls and all those different type of buildings. <laughs> okay, yeah. See, that's that's interesting. Hmm. Different people looking at it. I I saw it as factories and homes, and you have to build a street network to get all those uh, cars. Um, from from homes to their um, to their factories, mine is a lot darker than yours. Is. Yeah, that seems uh, really depressing. I just thought they also wanted to go to the shopping mall. Um, doesn't it's not really relevant to the game. So <laughs> no, yeah, but also shows the inefficiencies of of American uh, car focused cities because they get congested really quickly, ah. and you have to build a lot of roads to get get like f- very few people from A to B. <laughs> Uh, so I wonder if that's their their uh, way of uh, protesting against uh, car focused city planning. Yeah, um, isn't each car only taking two? Yeah, one, one person. person. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's but the concept is very very similar. You have you have roads and you have intersections and they all kind of become bottlenecks as your car network is growing and you have highways. They can kind of have over the network. You you need bridges and each day kind of goes by. I don't know. It's probably. Uh, real time three minutes is kind of like a a week, and every uh, in the end of each week you get new new tiles, so you get new new roads. New, uh, you can pick between either a bridge or or like a traffic light and those kind of things. And same concept, endless endless uh, until until um, uh, one of your factories or malls or or office buildings has too many people that weren't picked up in time. Uh, you kind of get like a, a some kind of circle that fills up, and when it's full, that means the game is over, and you lost. It's okay. a pretty like therapeutic game, I would say, because it's like it's really nice music. It's pretty relaxing in the beginning, um, and it's more like you just have to plan ahead, and if you keep everything under control, you, it won't be stressful. Uh, it's pretty fun. I mean, it it always turns stressful. Yeah, a little bit stressful, but it's like. I don't know. I found it to be pretty relaxing of a game. Like the graphics are just so nice. The colors are really nice. It's it's a pretty special game in that way. Mm. Um, cool. I, I downloaded say, it. Yeah, I really I really like it. That's um, that's another cool thing about Apple Arcade is I don't even have to think about it. Just if you mention a game, I can just hit download, mm. and mm. it's no money, and I just can play it whenever I want. Mm. 
I'm trying to get a job, uh, Apple as a, as a commercial, <laughs> writing commercials for Apple Arcade. <laughs> well, you didn't start out well with that hot lava advertisement. <laughs> well, you know, come on. They gotta have some, they gotta have some standards. Yeah. They just gotta add some, uh, ads and inner purchases. Yes, I, I did check. I did not. Sean Face did, apparently did not leave a review on Mini Motorways, so we don't know uh, <laughs> exactly his thoughts. But almost almost all the reviews were very positive. Um, one person asked, uh, l- lamented that there was no way to give it six stars. That was he was oh, disappointed. Okay. That's, nice. Uh, That's nice. Very satisfied. Do you have any other uh, games you would recommend? Um. Yeah. Um, this is another one that a lot of people are, are talking about. Um, it's called, uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Interesting. You guys played mm-hmm. this? I was hoping you would bring that I up. I didn't play okay. it. Because that one, I didn't fully get. Oh, really? <laughs> ah. Yeah. So I, I did download it and I, I did kind of like the music. I, it's, it's, it's somewhat rhythm based. I don't know. I, it I, is, it is hard to describe. Um, the the app store uh, subtitle is a pop album video game, and yeah, I, see that. I think mm-hmm. I think that's a, a kind of a good way of describing it because it in some ways it feels less like a video game with a cool soundtrack and more like a cool soundtrack that happens to have a video game component to it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's hard for me to describe what I like about this game because in some ways it is way more than the sum of its parts. Like I'm not super into rhythm light games. I'm not really even, even the style of pop music isn't really a hundred percent my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow uh, about halfway through this game, just, just, uh, just got me um, for those, for those who are wondering what the game's about. It's to call it a rhythm game is only partially accurate because you're not necessarily having to, take actions in precise rhythms but it is a soundtrack given game you play a a character who is riding on some sort of vehicle be it a skateboard or a motorcycle or something at kind of a third person perspective behind her as she traverses at very high speeds various highways and has to pick up little heart symbols at the same time as in some way battling uh, these abstract people that are enemies of some sort. Um, mm-hmm. And it really is like all, all the action is perfectly synchronized with the soundtrack. And you really notice it, especially if you redo a couple levels, you see how like the scene changes right at the same time the music changes or when the music you know, gets really exciting, then something in the action gets really exciting. And, you know, f- for me, uh you know, I just, I just thought it's kind of a, kind of a work of art in a sense. I mean, it, it's a very stylish game. I should describe what it looks like. It, it has this sort of very over stylized neon cell shaded look to it. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know. I just, I, 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 I think it really hooked me. There was one level that I accidentally played like three times in a row because I kept pushing the wrong button. Um, <laughs> how, how long is each level? Each level is, uh, about as long as, uh, about a minute and a half to three or four minutes. Okay. okay. Um, it's, 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 every level is a, is a pop song. Uh, oh, okay. some, some I mean, some, I mean, some of the, some of this music isn't, some of it has vocals, like is a full blown pop song. Some of it is just <laughs> more instrumental. Um, the entire thing can be seen as every level is sort of, 
kind of a, ch- a chapter of sorts. It's telling a very abstract story, which I don't fully understand, but it's related to uh, a young woman who's experienced some sort of heartbreak. I don't fully understand, but you kind of, if you kind of go through the entire thing, you see that there is a, a, uh, a loose, loose uh, narrative. But mm-hmm. uh, like I said, it's, it's like, it's the kind of game, if you were to describe it to me, the way I'm trying to describe it, Every part of it, I'd kind of think, ah, I don't know. Uh, is that really my thing? Uh, but I'm really glad I gave it a chance um, because it, it it just, like, when you think about games where someone has really just uh, almost put their soul into it as, as far as not just being a fun game, but also just, like, kind of a, a work of art. And I hate saying that because I, I don't want to kind of over oversell the artistic uh part of the game but uh no no but i think that's that's pretty accurate yeah yeah it's it's and i mean that both as a if you look at it it looks pretty and the sounds good and it's very artistic in that sense but also you know this was not just slapped together like uh, Mm. the the levels i think you know Mm. they all kind of have a, a certain meaning and it's trying to kind of take you on an emotional ride as well as telling kind of a literal ish story it's it's kind of a, an emotional story, and I, I just it kind of moved me, and I don't know exactly why, but I just played the whole thing and thought like, wow, I, I really want to play that again soon. Mm-hmm. And I went back, and some of the songs I really liked, I went back and and played those levels. So um, it is uh, probably much better with a controller. So I recommend. I don't know how exactly. I could see how it would work with the touchscreen, but um, it seems kind of more natural for a mm-hmm. controller. I also played this one on uh, Apple TV. Um, but definitely, uh, if you give it a chance, uh, play it in an environment where you can really, uh, lose yourself in the music. Cause it's, it's a, it's, the music is not super important in terms of your ability to play the game, but it's a super important part of the experience. Okay. All right. Uh, maybe I should give it uh, another shot because I only played like three or four, four levels. And if you would have described the game, it would, it would kind of fit my like the kind of game I I would enjoy, but for me somehow the input didn't feel tight enough. I felt like I yes. knew where I wanted to be, mm-hmm. but I couldn't get there accurately. Absolutely and agree. That, that would that would be a, a criticism. I I had the exact same experience, and it it felt a little sludgy. Um, yeah, and. What I kind of eventually figured out. Well, first of all, by the end of the game, I I just got better at it but Mm -hmm. i don't think it's a game that's meant necessarily to be experienced as like a this is a hard game and you got to try to beat your score and collect more hearts and 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 get a higher ranking i mean there is an element to that that you do get sort of Mm -hmm. ranked at the end of each level by how well you do um but it's it's a it's i think designed to be more of a forgiving game it's kind of like uh i think maybe best experienced as a just play it and do the best you can and, you know, just keep yeah, playing no as long as... Yeah, penalty if you, if you don't do well. Or at least I, I didn't do <laughs> bad enough that there was a penalty. Right, exactly. You, you do get ranked like bronze, silver, or mm. gold, depending on how many points you get. And uh, if you crash in the middle, it actually just takes you back 20 seconds and mm. starts okay. you again with, with, with no point penalty. Um uh, and actually, if you crash in the same place more than like four or five times in a row, a little thing pops up saying, hey, do you want to just skip this hard part? 
Um, oh, wow. yeah. and you could, and you could say, no, nope, I'm going to try mm. again. You could say, nope, I want to try again. Never ask again. Or you could mm. say, yeah, skip this part. And, uh, I never tried oh, the skipping. Cool. I don't know if it skips the whole level or just kind of skips over this one. Maybe it just jumps 30 seconds ahead to a point mm. where you, you've gotten past, uh, that. so I, I agree with you about the controls and I, I don't know if that is on purpose or on accident. It was hard yeah, for me because to tell for it. me it, it just felt like with those kind of music based games I kind of like to it, it feels best to me when I get into like a flow and because yeah. the controls didn't let me be where I wanted to be I always felt like uh, it it felt like it, it was more work than it it usually would be for me yeah i would definitely agree with that and i, I think that they probably could make some improvements I'd, i'd be interested to play this like on a on a different platform because i think this is mm. available on like the switch and the playstation 4 and it would be it'd be interesting to see if like this is this is the way it's supposed to feel or whether it's something about um the mapping of mm-hmm. a controller to apple tv i i have two more Honorable mention. Yeah, I think I know one of them. I think you've been really excited for Choo Choo Rocket. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Choo Choo Rocket Universe. <laughs> it is exactly what I hope for it to be. It's a, this feels like a game you've been waiting since you were a kid. I mean, it's literally a game I played when I was yeah. a kid, so it wasn't, wasn't waiting no, much. No, but then. I feel it seems like a game you were a little bit sad about it being sort of removed. Yeah, it was one of my all-time favorite Dreamcast games. Yeah. Um, and the Choo Choo Rocket universe on uh, on Apple Arcade is basically just a... It's it's not technically a remake, because I think none of the levels are the same, but it's it's basically... It, it is just essentially taking the, the, the entire concept of the original Choo Choo Rocket games uh, and polished the graphics and released it again. And that's exactly what I was hoping for. So it's basically... Why do I say basically? Yeah, you so keep often? on saying basically. <laughs> I know. It's such a simple concept. It's yeah, just those grass that you have to. Yeah, I, pick. I could do that in yeah. minutes. Um, it is a puzzle. It's it's really really hard. I mean, the name is weird. The game is weird. It's hard <laughs> to describe. It is a puzzle game uh, where you try to get mice into spaceships, <laughs> obviously, uh, and yeah. try to get cats not into spaceships. Um, it is it is weird. It is definitely something that you need to try to get an idea of how it works. It, yeah, it is, I'm trying to think of if there are any other games that are similar that came out after that. It's a bit like um the Apple Playgrounds to teach programming. What are those called? Yeah, Apple Play. Uh, like the Swift Swift, Swift Playgrounds. Teaching, yeah. whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah, because the basic concept is that you have to set up those rules on um like. You have to basically make the characters walk in certain directions. And mm-hmm. then you have to just figure out how you can set up those rules so that they actually move in the correct direction. So, they yeah, get so you have the... tiles where you can say, go up, left, yeah. down, or right. And as soon as anything touches that tile, it follows that instruction. And you kind of have to uh, get through a level and an obstacle course. Um, so you kind of have to think about how how do I have to place the tiles to to get there and then you get bonus points if you make it in in the fewest possible with the fewest possible tiles so, so there are sometimes levels code. that you can yeah <laughs> that you can make with like five tiles but the minimum that you can make it with is two so you get extra stars if you make it with two and that to me that's kind of what i enjoy trying to optimizing it do you always try to would you would yeah, you give I up always... on a level before you make the minimum 
No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just going for it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of how I play games. That's also what I did with uh, what the golf. Mm. I I went each level kind of had three modes. Yeah, yeah. So I went through all three of them before I proceeded. Yeah, the thing with sort of to I don't want to move away from Studio Rocket, but I think the thing with um, what the golf is that even if it's three levels that are theoretically the same like hole on the uh, on the level, like the same, it's supposed to be on the same mm-hmm. theme. Those are very different levels. Yeah, sometimes they're extremely yeah. different. Um, and yeah, in Studio Rocket, I'm uh, I mean I usually I, I I haven't played it that much. Um, I usually made everything in in the minimum, but there was one level where uh, it told me that I could have made it with one fewer tile, and then I went back and <laughs> optimized my the path. Um, and then there are also multiplayer components, and uh, there's like a standard story mode where you kind of go from puzzle to mm. puzzle and proceed and those kind of things. And then there's a multiplayer mode. Um, but I will definitely get into those. But I, if if you're interested in puzzle games, it uh, seems to work fine on iOS. Um, but it would also work on um, on the other platforms. I think it's not. It's not. I think it's a game that works quite well on touch as well as with the gamepad. Okay. A lot of the levels are like planets, so they are a three dimensional. Uh, object where you have to kind of tilt around to figure out which path the best one is to take. Okay. Um, Do you think that so would be easier with a game controller? I mean, I haven't tried it, but I would assume the right stick kind of moves yeah. the world, and the left one you place with or or move your your like insertion pointer around. Mm. Um, so I, I would I could imagine a good control scheme, and I would assume that's what they're going yeah. with. Yeah, I'm really excited for this game. I haven't played it yet, but I feel like I played it as a kid. And it seems really fun when I watch you play it. So I'm probably going to spend some time this yeah. weekend and play it. Hmm. It's just hard to prioritize them because I want to play finish what the golf too. I want to play more of Cards of Darkness. Hmm. It's just too much. Adam, have have you tried Chuchu Rocket? Yes. Yeah. Ah, all right. And you were quiet. That means oh, no. you hate oh, it. Oh, no. <laughs> it's going to crush your childhood. No happiness well that's maybe maybe i should say as little as possible no i i had <laughs> i had an amount of fun with the game <laughs> no it was fine actually i i think i i think i downloaded it because i had seen you kai mention it as, <laughs> as you were looking forward to it somewhere yeah. or maybe you maybe you uh sent that to me in on iMessage uh and so i thought oh i need to try it and i i was a little i i have not i didn't know it was a an older game or a remake of an older game. And that kind of explains a lot because the game did kind of feel like it didn't really, you know, it's not a real story, but between every level, mm-hmm. there's whatever the evil diabolical cat who's <laughs> saying, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get you choo choos. Um, it is super Japanese and yes. super old. <laughs> and it was kind of presented as if, I'm supposed to already know who, who these characters are. Like, like are these <laughs> as if these like well-known Disney characters? We're like, oh, I, I. It took me a while to even figure out it was a cat that was <laughs> that was that character who's wearing yeah, this helmet. It is. It is definitely incredibly strange. Of and a I theme. did. I did. I did play it. I, I did mostly enjoy it. I think at a certain point there was a certain threshold where I had to think too many steps ahead. And then mm-hmm. I just kind of felt like, ah, it's, that's a little, that's a little more than I want to give the game. Okay. <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's kind of like, t- I mean, tell me if you think it, playing the game is kind of like solving programming problems. It is. Uh, it is. In a sense. And, uh, 
And even like optimizing, you brought up that, you know, trying mm. to try to do as few things as possible. It's like, it's like optimizing code. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe because it's my day job, uh, it just, uh, <laughs> I had had my limit as to how much I wanted to think like that, but no, yeah, I don't. I, I don't. Do, think- I, I do wonder if that will set into at some point when it's too much work. I'm like, might as well do actual work that pays for stuff. <laughs> nah, I, I did have fun. I don't really mean to say anything negative about it. I, I hmm. think it just got to the point where it was uh, more of a challenge. The levels were more of a challenge than I wanted to hmm. wanted to pursue. So yeah. I, I moved on to other. But there things. are now not kind of for me in my personal life. I sometimes connect points to because i didn't start developing when i was like five uh, uh so i i, I kind of got to uh suffer development mean, relatively late you make it sound and like I, everyone I learns throughout. when they're five you just mean like that's an extreme right yeah kind of those <laughs> stereotype silicon valley start programming when they were five uh made their first million when they turned seven <laughs> um And but now I sometimes look back at like things that kind of were so close already in my life to development mm. because I, I felt like when I got into it I was like I felt super comfortable uh, uh, very quickly. Um, so now looking back, I sometimes see those kind of things where it's like essentially programming in in just the weirdest languages uh, possible. Uh, and one of the first ones was Chicha Rocket. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but it's kind of interesting. So I, I think it's a good way if, if like, if you want someone to just kind of get into software development without without telling uh, them that they are kidding. yeah without that you want to trick a child into learning development. I think Chicha Rocket might be. I mean, if they get over the weirdness yeah. of of a game where you have to send cats into spikes and mice into rockets. <laughs> oh no, you um, do! I didn't realize that. <laughs> super strange. As it? Um, if if they get over that, it might be a good way of getting into. I think so because it into, is. It is. I think some later levels maybe have more of a timing element, but certainly the earlier levels are more of you try to mentally solve the puzzle. You set up the tiles where they should go, and then you basically push play and see what happens. Right? Yeah, you, and then, you compile and run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if it if it doesn't work out, you're like, oh, that's right, that didn't work. So you yeah. move, you adjust accordingly, and uh, it's mm. it's it has that kind of you have to kind of imagine the logic flow before mm. deciding yeah. on how to solve it. And it has a really good feedback loop because you see everything happening and you see where you made your wrong assumptions. So I, I yeah. do think it's it's kind of good for that. And the last honorable mention is Pinball Wizard. Um, yeah, that one was a surprisingly cool game, I think. I, I have never been a big fan of pinball, mm-hmm. but this one looks really cool. Mm. I, I watched you play it, and it's like, it's sort of story-based pinball. It seems like a very weird concept, mm. but it seemed like it, it was actually, seemed really fun and pretty cute as well mm. again felt like an apple arcade higher budget than than you would usually expect for this kind of game but i'm still yeah. happy that it exists mm. um so, so instead of uh flinging a pin uh, a pinball you're flinging a wizard who's going up a Isn't tower an apprentice yeah He's not a wizard, wizard apprentice. <laughs> yeah and technicality <laughs> <laughs> is very very focused on the yeah, details yeah. Uh, he has not yet <laughs> reached full wizardhood <laughs> important details uh, yeah. um i'm yeah i'm also not a huge um pinball game fan i do like physical pinball uh machines but uh, as a game it was uh 
usually not not that appealing but because it kind of has the role playing element and and, and it, it just seems very polished it was it was kind of fun I, i would i would expect to to play some more every now and then but definitely nothing i would uh play five hours straight mm. yep yeah i feel like that was everything that i was playing like extens not extensively but that i felt like i got a good idea of mm. um Right. Do you have anything else, Adam? I can do two quick honorable mentions. All right. Um, Let's bring it up. Uh, one of them is called Assemble with Care. Oh, yeah. Which is, I, I would oh, say this, th- yeah. this, is, this is a game more geared for children, but obviously adults can enjoy it. <laughs> it is a, a storybook that is about a young woman who travels to a new country and she really likes to fix and restore things. And the story tells about her travels in this new country and meeting people who need things fixed and restored. And whenever they ask her to fix or restore something, then it actually becomes more like a game and you have to fix and restore it. And so an example would be um, someone has an old vintage camera and they it doesn't work anymore. And so you, it, the camera appears on the screen in 3D and you have to like grab a screwdriver and unscrew it and you open it up and you see like, oh, there's a mirror inside and it's broken. So you have to replace the mirror and then you put it back together and it, oh, it still doesn't work because you need to put in batteries or there's some other, uh, cable that's, uh, broken. And it's, it's all very, very simple, but I would say, um, for anyone that has, Uh, young kids that are interested in kind of how things work and have that kind of mind of wanting to uh, fix things or take them apart and and see how it all works. Um, But you don't want them to really take the actual things apart? <laughs> the actual thing. <laughs> yeah. yes, yes. Um, you know, I, I could see, you know, it's sparking uh anyone any any children who are very curious about how things work it could really spark uh an interest in in learning how to how to do that so mm. um i played it to the end it's very it's very it's very simple like i said it's not really a game game but i just thought it was uh really really well done mm. and it's made by us too yeah us too yes, i believe you're right yes, monument yes. valley mm. no it seems very polished too which is uh, uh very yeah. And it it's is, a it's is, a nice and it's a nice story, you know. That has a you know, it's it's nothing super special, but it's you know, it's it's good good family fun. All right, and the second one. The second one is something I just played today. Um, it's a game called Tint, and uh, this is a puzzle game, but it's based on kind of painting on a canvas with watercolor. And the puzzle element is mainly related to the way that the colors mix together. And okay. so you, ha- you have kind of a, a starting spot of ink of a certain color, and you have an ending place that you have to draw the ink to. And so you sort of drag your finger. So like you might start with the red circle and drag your finger in it, and it paints red watercolor. Oh, yeah, and you need, to drag it, you need to drag it to the red end point. But it gets tricky because sometimes, um, for example, maybe there's a purple endpoint and all you have are blue and red 
watercolor. So you have to draw a blue line first, then you have to draw a red line and and cross the blue line. And when you cross the blue line, the paint then becomes purple and you get Mm -hmm. to the the purple. And it starts off with very, very simple color mixing puzzles like I just described, but Mm. it gets a lot... a lot more complex as you go. I am maybe two thirds of the way through. Um, nothing is super, super challenging. There were maybe one or two levels where I needed to get a hint from the hint mm-hmm. system. Um, but other than that, I you know felt it was just a cool, a cool mechanic and just a you know a really well done uh, kind of artsy game. Mm. That sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, cool concept. Yeah, yeah. I scroll past it um, first. I think I had to watch the video like a couple of times to actually figure out what the mechanics were, but it seemed really, it seemed really cool and pretty like therapeutic. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> How much therapy do you need? <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't give you, uh, you know, stars or anything at the end of each level. You pretty much just either complete it or you hmm. don't. Um, one of the things is I, I sometimes felt like I wasn't sure if the way I was completing the level was what they intended. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Because sometimes you can kind of draw and go like, oh, I'm just going to sneak my <laughs> finger right, ar- right around the edge of this one thing. And I'm not sure if they meant for me to do that or not, but it works and you complete it. And maybe it, does, maybe it doesn't matter, you know, the... Uh, mm. the there, there is a little tip system, so I, and it does kind of tell you what moves to make. So I guess you could go mm. back and look and see what the intended solution was, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Eh, not yeah, worth it. Yeah. Figure it out. That's fine. <laughs> mm. Cool. All right, man, that is, and uh, we only scratched the surface of application. Yes. Yes. I know. Quite a lot. Yeah. I wonder this is, what this the, has been a very long uh, podcast. Yeah. 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 We should, we should, um, it, it's just exciting to talk about all those things, but we should probably yeah. stop so that we... So we could get dinner and not starve. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wonder also what the release schedule is, though, of, of a new yeah, game. I have... Do we see... I, I mean, I I kind of hope we don't see this amount of games every month. Uh-huh. It's just... It, it is, I don't want those games to not get any attention because no one can keep up no, with it. No, that's true. You know? You remember it, when you used to be able to watch every Netflix show? And now it's like I have. I'm never gonna make this. Yeah, no, they're like more more Netflix shows coming out a day than there are hours uh, in a day. Yeah. Um, but it's it's. I think for the launch, it's good to have a good amount. But I think also the five dollars allows for a lower um, rate of new games. Probably until Christmas, there will be a decent amount. Yeah. But yeah, I, I can I, imagine that it slows down a bit after a while, but they want to sort of keep up the. But also, the as there are games that you might play kind of forever, right? There are certain games in there that are, like, you finish them and then you're probably done with them. Um, yeah, but, like... Like, even, even something like What to Golf, you're probably not going to finish that game five times, no. right? You're, you're probably going to finish it and then you're, you're happy with what you got out of mm-hmm. it. Um, but games like Mini Motorways or, or like, Skate, yeah. um, you might you might play every now and then for the next few years. And if Apple keeps adding those kind of games into the mix as well, at some point you're just happy to pay $5 for the games you already have. Yeah, yeah. And if there's like one or two new ones uh, a month that you like, you know, that's that's already worth it. Yeah, so uh, I feel like it goes without saying, but are you guys going to pay for this service, for pay for Apple Arcade next month once it's not free? Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, I am. Yeah. No, I feel like there, uh, there's so many things I want to try out. And 
it's really pretty affordable, especially if you are able to get like a family plan. Uh, it's pretty good that we pay $5 for both of us. Mm. Um, I feel like we should pay more. I almost feel bad because it's so cheap. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I assume they might be opting up the prices later on, especially if they are doing some type of bundle with Apple TV. Um, oh, sorry, Apple TV Plus. They could wrap that. I mean, for Apple, this if if it, if it keeps you in the ecosystem, mm. you know, even yeah. if Apple breaks even on on Apple Arcade and it keeps you in the ecosystem, and therefore you buy, uh, you know, you you keep buying yeah, iPhones, yeah. uh, forever. That that probably is alright for Apple. And then you buy, I don't know, Apple TV because you also want to play it on TV, yeah. and you might as well use that for Netflix. And then you you. St- stick with yeah. your you know just the first time you can actually have a good catalog of mac mac os games mm-hmm. um I, I mean this even if it just breaks even it, it's a win for apple right they don't need for arcade to be profitable by itself yeah i i think that's right and still they have economies of scale if they have like just a a certain percentage of all their their uh, users to subscribe it already is such a huge budget that they can spend on new games it's it's hard to 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 uh, compete with that kind of model because they don't need to make money but if they do well mm. you know yeah. well and, and you know they've they've apple's always been able to say i think it's pretty accurate that all the best mobile games are available for iOS, right? I mean, maybe Android also, but now to kind of be able to say, you know, in addition to that, what we've already achieved, like the highest quality uh, exclusive mobile games are, like iOS is the platform that you have to Mm -hmm. be on if you want that. And just to kind of be able to, not just say that, but have that be so obviously the case. Like I think if yeah. anyone were to to look at the platforms, especially with Apple Arcade, it would just it would just be uh, you know kind of obvious that that's that that's where you want to be if you're interested in in playing a lot of cool games yeah. on your on your iPhone or iPad, and and that's probably worth a lot. Back to what you said about whether they break even or not, you know, just to kind of kind of be the go to place for the yeah. the best the best games on your phone is is a huge marketing win if nothing mm-hmm. else but it's also like i mean apple is definitely inter- interested in keeping younger people buying apple products right so i mean games are not only for young people but it definitely is also interesting for young people and uh if 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 everyone else plays a game uh, on arcade and that's the only mobile platform you can pl- play it on you also want an iPhone or an iPad to to play, so it's it's helping with that, and um, also that means Apple has an actual hand in, you know, a lot of, like all of those games. Apple talked to those developers and decided which games they will fund and probably how. Um, so uh, if Apple releases new platforms or new new tech, if Apple is more ingrained in that space. That might also mean we we see games that are more optimized for new hardware or like optimized from day one for new phones. And yep. it's not only yeah. like mm-hmm. the one developer they work with, but like an actual catalog of games that Apple will release on arcade that is optimized for for the new iPhone on day one or for I mean AR glasses, whatever they might uh, release, new new GPUs and Macs, whatever it might be. Right? It Apple has a lot more control in making those things actually work from day one. 
or even utilize features that no one knew would be there because they are publishing those games themselves. So I yeah. think that is also something... I mean, Apple likes to have... I've heard Apple likes to uh, be in control of a lot of things. <laughs> so having having a better better involvement in that uh, could also be um, something that, that Apple just likes to, to do. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder how that will happen with... Uh you know, like, like uh, iOS 14 comes out next year and by default, you know, it, it breaks some stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like normally, normally on the app store, it might break a lot of games. And if a game's kind of an old game, they might not even bother, or maybe they'll do a patch six months later. Um, I wonder kind of both contractually, how long things need to be updated for and yeah, like also the maintenance requirements yeah and also just how that is set up you know like mm-hmm. and it could it could be as simple as apple simply requires it like you, you we're going to test all the games on the beta versions of uh, the new ios and if it ever breaks we're you're just going to get yanked from the arcade and not get any more money you know mm-hmm. that <laughs> you yeah. know uh, but it's also I you, you i mean it sounds like being part of Apple Arcade so far has been financially a good decision for the developers. So it's probably also the effect of you probably want to be part of it again. Sure. And if yeah. you're not behaving, Apple might say, you know what, you didn't you didn't keep it updated, so we're not interested in supporting you again. Um, I don't know. It, it's that's that's kind of what worries me that all those things are very secretive, and we don't yeah. know. You know, you, you, do, do you guys have any have any insight or uh, heard any things about? Maybe not concrete details, but just roughly how these yeah. agreements work. Or and mostly seems to be similar to publishing deals, where Apple uh, supports the development and pays developers up front, and then the games are being released. Because in the mobile world, not all publishing works exactly like that. Yeah, sometimes that's, it's, that's sometimes true. it's like my game is ninety percent done. I just need. A little bit more money and, and help and maybe that just depends maybe, maybe it's like you whatever you get you have to kind of pay that back as far as money earned by playtime or whatever i don't know i'd love to know all the details mm-hmm. but we'll probably mm-hmm. never get a yeah somehow yeah. that somehow that'll leak little little bits will leak over time yeah. yeah, especially I can also imagine. especially if they're not super favorable to all developers, you know, the disgruntled developers are the ones who will leak the details. Yeah. <laughs> I also wonder if they might have been having like certain like quite different deals for different different games as well because that, I can that, that seems to yeah, be Yeah, yeah, and I can imagine that there were some people who had games that they wanted to release and then it doesn't make sense for them to pay the development process anymore because the game is done. So they might have had some other type of deals in the in the meanwhile, and maybe they standardize it a bit more in the future. Yeah, but it's also they're not only being paid for development; they're also being paid for the games upfront. Oh, yeah. At least uh, of some of the things I've heard. Um, so it's I don't know if there's any continuous revenue expectation from from games. At least that's the thing, right? All all contracts are are individually no- negotiated, so I don't know if there yeah. are certain games that are being paid in different schemes. But I've, I've, I wouldn't be surprised because somewhere there's got to be someone that has a game that is essentially 100% done and doesn't need any upfront money. And yeah, but Apple could also just pay that out, right? Apple could just say, well, look, what is, what is your expectation of the lifetime of this game? They're saying 500,000. Apple's saying, all right, we, we, we put it on arcade for 750. Yeah. You know, and then there, there's no expectation for, for money 
you know, it also it's kind of good for a developer. For Apple, it's good because like getting getting high quality things into their platform that sells their products and everything else. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's not a lot of money, but for the developer, they don't have to to wait for years. You know, if their lifetime ex- uh, expectancy of a game is half a million mm-hmm. dollars, they they would usually not make that over a day as Apple might be able to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, they might have to wait the two years yeah, yeah. that they expected for this game to yeah. sell it. it. I mean, it's it's in Apple's best interest that all game developers that are able to produce games of this quality uh, have the financial means to continue making games of mm. this quality. And yeah. however that works out, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. But it also sounds like um, if developers want to update games, they just submit an update. Uh, that seems to not really be much different from any other apps. So you yeah. submit an update, you wait for Apple to, to is release Is that it? it? Or is there a different review process? There, there might be a different review process behind the scenes, yeah. but for a developer, you still submit your update and you wait for Apple. Yeah, because I wonder how much they care about like the quality of it. Maybe they're having more... Apple might have more testing or they might actually want to go through some type of approval process before things are released. Depend, I guess it depends on how big the updates are. Yeah, just based on on, on certain things on, on Twitter, like developers saying, hey, we found a bug, we already submitted an update. It seems to still take two to three days. So okay. I wouldn't expect extensive QA. You know, yeah. QAing a game is a crazy amount of yeah. effort. Yeah. It's not something that you could do in two to three days if you were like, you know. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Doing yeah. a full QA run on, on the game. And also, I think that's unreasonable for for people to expect Apple to fully... Yeah, you know, no, I'm have, just wondering if Apple has some type of higher expectation on what you do as a as a team, as a development team. So maybe they are a bit more thorough with the testing. I wouldn't be surprised if the initial submission was more thorough because you mm. have... Yeah you know, contractual obligations. Like, yeah, did yeah. they submit versions for all the platforms? Does it support uh, external Bluetooth controllers? Does mm. it, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, run in all the ways, all the Apple-y things that you need to support, um, mm. at mm-hmm. least for the initial? But it also, it, it's very clear that Apple is in, in a lot of control there. Like, certain developers seem to not have known that, that their games released the day they did. Oh, really? Because Apple Arcade <laughs> launched early. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, our game is out, I guess get it now (laughs) but it wasn't really like uh it it seemed very much a response to seeing that their game was out Mm. um which which is kind of happily right they're they're controlling it you submit it to us and and then we release it uh so i don't think there's a hold for release kind of button in in that interface for apple arcade i think it's you submit it and apple decides when they release it um yeah but it's also i mean apple has a good uh, amount of games that they can now test when, you know, when they work on iOS 14, they're probably using Apple Arcade games to to test all their new, uh, uh, I don't know, metal updates and those kind of things that they're shipping. Mm-hmm. So it's probably also becoming like a test suite of uh, for for Apple. It's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder how this all uh, turns out, both financially for other areas as well as maintenance and updates and. When we see the first games being kicked out, that will be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I am curious how the sort of rotation schedule. But it's the thing, right? If you have a game that you really like, and all of a sudden it's gone, it's it's. Mm-hmm. Well, it, there's could... really no reason to ever kick anything out unless it's just can't be supported anymore. Yeah, you know? or I guess yeah. if they do some type of breach of their agreement. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. those things might happen, yeah, right? Especially yeah. with the volume that we're seeing in Apple Arcade. I wonder if there's at some point someone who's like, well, 
they released it on a platform they shouldn't have mm. or they uh, something wasn't according to Apple's liking or they 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 were hiding some I don't know some more adult themed Easter egg in the game <laughs> that Apple didn't like that seems you know stupid I would I mean I know I know what to make. game game development right um so I I I just it will be interesting yeah, to probably, see what it's kind probably of things realistically happen. gonna happen and also realistically you wouldn't want developers to be too scared of apple <laughs> you know i mean a lot of games yeah. were games that were like gta came from a mm. point where a lot of people said those kind of games shouldn't exist and now it's one of the best-selling video games in in in, his, in history of mm. video games um coming from you know from those kind of backgrounds mm -hmm. and yeah i don't know if apple would have allowed the gta on arcade i mean now they might i don't know But in before GTA was what it is today, I don't think Apple would be like, yeah, sure, a game where you're driving over pedestrians, that's <laughs> what we want to have on arcade. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's probably some age rating. Mm. Yeah, I see thing some. They, I see are, there any, are there any like, I seen some. mature? I haven't seen mature. I've just seen that they do put age rating in. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't. I'm trying to. I guess we could just browse and look and see like which one looks like. I mean, the thing is, all the <laughs> all the icons just look like kind of you know cartoony yeah. game like icons. You don't have any. I don't see anyone with chainsaws yet. <laughs> <laughs> Search for chain, chainsaws. Yeah, we should maybe just try next year at WWDC to uh, pitch a no. mature game and see what they're saying. <laughs> well, under a fake name. Yeah. <laughs> Probably also a good start. Starting family friendly is probably kind of in Apple's interest, and then yeah, we'll see what we'll we'll get over the next few months. Cool, cool. All right, yeah. all right. That was a lot of things about Apple Arcade. Yeah, that was a marathon. Yeah. All right. Um, thank you so much for joining us for to talk about this, Adam. Ah, well, th thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, now I'll say all the things I should have said when you first introduced me. Um, no, I, <laughs> I, 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 it's really been f a lot of fun and, uh, I love the podcast and it's a great honor to be invited to participate. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, I've, I've really, uh, really enjoyed it and hopefully, uh, Hopefully yeah. we've said some interesting things about <laughs> Apple Arcade and, and uh, gaming. Yeah, yeah. yeah and if, if Zach ever has to go to some s football final thing again, uh, <laughs> we'll let you know. Any any last thing you want to pitch or talk about or or final words? Uh, nothing in particular. I I don't. Uh, it's not worth following me on Twitter because I tweet once every month or <laughs> five. Um, I don't know. Just you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna be really big and famous one day, and just <laughs> just just remember my name. That's all I'll say. Uh, all right. Then then I I pitch for you. Uh, everyone should download uh, Flow and Time Page and Actions, uh, and uh, I think those are the three Moleskin branded uh, apps that I I, I yes. enjoy quite a lot. And they're they're all three of them are are, are great apps. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Cool. All right. And stopping the recording. All right, they're gone. So anything I say, I hope that they know to edit this out. Hmm. What could I add? Hmm. Uh, I hope my secret plans to take over their podcast and uh, eject them from the process goes through. This is sort of my test run. Hopefully, I'll become popular enough that uh, Cup of Tech will just be, uh, we'll change the name to Cup of Adam. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll let... Uh, Mullen's okay. She can come back as a guest uh, guest host every once in a while. But uh, 
Otherwise, it's just going to be me. You know, I do have a lot of opinions and I like to talk, so it should be good. No, he said something. I just said it sounds like they might be on to me. I hear them in the background talking. Hey, still talking, Adam. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, no, no, no. I was, I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to editing that. <laughs>